From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Blog Talk Radio. Throughout my life, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh. no matter what I've done, no what I've done right. you've been merciful, you've been merciful and, and your love endures yeah. through all things. All things. Yeah. For, that, for that, I am eternally grateful. Since my date of birth, brought you nothing but hurt. Play those video games, stole chains from your purse. Sat on a cold court bench till I was arraigned in your skirt. Saw the pain in your face, still you maintain the smirk. All you did was motivate, don't let them hold you back. What I do, I turned around and I sold you crack. I was the bastard for that, still I'm drowning in shame. Just remember one thing now, you're not to blame. You was newly separated, trying to escape your world. And through my thirst, I didn't help you, I just made things worse. I hated me and everybody that created crack. Had me thinking the newest kicks and the latest gas. Still haven't apologized, so please play this back. While I try to come to terms with such a heinous act You know in more than one way cocaine numbs the brain All I did was think about how the funds once came Then I ran across this memory and it stung the brain How can you ever destroy the beauty from which one came? That's the savage, you the reason why me and these beasts make a marriage Why I rhyme above average and I ain't shit Glad you got yourself together, no thanks to me Strong and beautiful the way things should be You must love me And fighting continued As I plundered through your stuff And snuck your clothes to school Got intense, real intense As we got older Never believed it would lead To me popping one in your shoulder With my rings Knew you had it Cause you took too long As Mickey, Andy and the girl That bought it looked on Puffing and puffing Gun in my hand Told you step outside Hoping you said no But you hurt my pride Made our way down the steps Maybe you thought it was just a threat Or maybe your life was just that crazy And you was begging for death Try to justify this in my young mind But the adrenaline and my ego hurt combined Drove me berserk Saw the devil in your eyes High off more than we Confused I just closed my young eyes and squeezed What a sound Open my eyes just in time to see you stumbling to the ground Damn What the fuck I done now Running around in the circle Thinking I'm ass out High gun burning my waist Ran straight to jazz out Like a stranger Damn, I just shot my nigga And ran up into the night As if it was not my nigga Left the scene How could I go out that way? Still you act to see me in the hospital The next day You must love me you from this life and keep you away from the game, but you was one of the few people that I can trust, and the fact of the matter, I slept 
95 for us You put the pressure on me daily Rarely would you let it go But for the thousand and one time I had to tell you no But it was one of those days When nobody was around And I needed an emergency trip Out of town Search my mental Rolodex For all the numbers I know As you stared in my face Asked me could you go And Marie said send her Everything could go smooth Tell her what to do and everything is no cool Strapped the body with them things as you boarded the plane Couldn't explain the strange feeling that I caught in the vein I'm thinking, why would I send you when I knew it ain't right? I'm thinking, what would make you sacrifice your life? You must have loved me Welcome to the Truth to Power show. My name is Beverly D. And tonight we have Thomas Tuckmo. And um, every Friday we're here at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I also want to thank uh, the family for those of you that have donated to Dr. Robert X. His mother passed away. And so we have a GoFundMe account that's set up for him. And you can uh, send your support. This is the time for us to really show our appreciation of all the hard work that he has done and the information that he has given us over the years that we can uh, come together and give him the support that he needs during this uh, time of his grief. And his uh, account is Robert McGray, M-C-C-R-A-Y. That's M-C-C-R-A-Y, Robert. Uh, and that's um, his GoFundMe. So please donate. Just give whatever you can. And like I say, this is the time to show our appreciation uh, while he's going through this heavy period in his life. Tugmos, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Bev, and um, I share your sentiments. Um, I will be uh, making a donation as soon as the show ends. Uh, and, um, Thank you. you know, I love Dr. X. And um, I feel sorry for him. Um, I know he was close to his mom. Um, yeah. So my condolences goes out to him. Um, and um, 
you know, um, like I, last week I was down in Florida. I went to go see my grandmother who's ill. So we ended up putting her in hospice care. And, oh, um, oh so I hate to hear that. For the inevitable. Yeah, she was, um, you know, everything is failing her at the same time, heart, kidneys, um, yeah. lungs, everything. So, um, you know, it's a sad, you know, time, you know, in my family. I'm not as sad as Robert X, of course, because it hasn't been a transition yet, but um, yeah. I'm sure it's on its way. everyone donates. Yes, everyone donates to Robert X and um, for his mom uh, for all the great research he does. Um, I think it'll be, um, you know, much, much appreciated. Um, and Beth, how have yeah. you Well, I've been good. I've been good. Taking it one day at a time. That's the only way I can do it. But it's good. I'm still breathing. So that's good. Perfect, perfect. And I'm glad. Um, well, I haven't <laughs> really been um, following the politics um, because I was kind of, you know, um, I was – you know, way mm-hmm. earlier in the week, and when I came back, they had this um, impeachment stuff going on, and I worked during the day, so mm-hmm. I wasn't able really to watch it. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's <laughs> he released another transcript <laughs> today of the first call that they said that this is the way, where the guy of uh, his aide overheard. I never heard nothing like this. Like I can't go to court and tell you what someone else heard. <laughs> That's cool. Hearsay, as far as I know, they're accepting that. And then he released a transcript today. He didn't even mention money. You know, it was like, congratulations, you know, thanks, you know, and okay, I'm going to send some people over there and, you know, we're just going to chat with you. They didn't talk about holding no money. It's like, where did they hear all this stuff at? Or are they just making it up? He told you them people, what did he say? He said they're crazy or they acting like it. And, I mean, this guy, Schiff, can sit there on national TV and lie, and nothing can be done about it. I mean, they throw the average person under the jail, you know, for for perjury. And, and this man sat there and just lie. And then he's sitting there, and some of the, it's a lady congressman. I don't know what her name is. He won't even let her question the people. Uh, I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and the and the messed up thing is, people, it, it's a test to me, Bev, and by asking yes. people about yes. Trump, it lets me know if you think for yourself, or do you let the mainstream media think for you? That's and uh, going. while yep. I was in Florida, of course, I'm with my family, and they mm-hmm. they're telling me everything that's happening on TV. It's like you guys are just mirroring. What they say on MSNBC and, C- and, and, and CNN, why? But let's let's think for ourselves. And it's like, no, we don't want to think for ourselves, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like, okay, go ahead and let them think for you, you know. Then you're gonna just gonna be disappointed when you find out that he's not gonna get impeached because you can't impeach someone for hearsay. You can't even watch exactly. someone else for hearsay. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I don't even know why he's going. To yeah. Yeah, but like yes, you say, it it's, it's it's a method to their madness. I mean, it's a it's a distraction, and like you say, they test them, you know, to see how their program is working with the people. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. 
Next week, I'm, I'm going to send a new song because uh, I got a okay. text today from Ramon. And Ramon sent okay. me a text. Uh, it was about rapper, well, DJ, Eric B. Um, okay. And Eric B, it said, was released from prison after spending two weeks in jail. Somehow he got out for a crime that was committed 17 years ago. And it wasn't murder. What? So I'm thinking... I thought the statute of limitation was over in seven years unless it was murder or child molest or rape or something. It's, I think it's either rape or raping of a child or one of those things. But they mm-hmm. put him in jail for a car a car accident with a police officer seventeen years ago. And I said, Wow, wow yeah. That's, See they that's they crazy. changing the law. They changing the rules. That's what they're doing. Right in front of, of us. Of course. Right in front of us. Uh, I was yeah. watching television last week, and um, Trump gave a um, one of those campaign rallies in Alabama. And um, all week they were saying that they were going to have that big baby Trump um, balloon um, there flying. He was going to the football game. That's what he was doing. He was going to the Alabama football game. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they had the, the plan was for them to have that big baby Trump balloon flying. So this guy, this white boy, of course, he jumped up and popped the balloon. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh, they, they did have the balloon out there. Yeah, they, they were doing the it. It was, it was all pumped up. And that brother, the white boy went in and he took his knife and he popped that balloon. So, uh, okay. you know, either way, he's raised for, he was a, he put up a GoFundMe to raise $8,000 to pay his legal fees, he got $44,000 okay. so far. <laughs> because, oh, uh, wow. you know, I guess, yeah, everybody was Trump like, man, supporter. thank you for popping that stupid balloon. Yeah, you know, so okay. that was crazy. Yeah, today I saw, okay. this wow. is a video. Uh, y'all can find this this um, article on, this is hot to activist post. It says, watch Chile protesters kill a police drone using hundreds of laser pointers. Y'all ever see those laser pointers? It's like a green light that comes out of them. It's like it's just a laser pointer. Yeah. You can buy one off Amazon. Yeah, because they, wasn't they telling you, don't, wasn't they telling you uh, not to use don't them, them at for the airplane or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, they had a police drone. But right now in Chile, um, they're having massive protests, and I'm talking about they going in with the protesting. And um, just mm-hmm. like in um, Hong Kong, what they're really protesting is the mass surveillance. So um, mm. they put the police drone over the protesters, so it's watching them while they're protesting, and I guess if anybody does anything violent, they have it on tape so they can charge them later or whatever. So everybody pulled out mm-hmm. these lasers. And hundreds of people just standing there, just pointing the laser up at the drone, and the drone couldn't no longer operate itself. It just crashed. So I said, wow. wow. So they're putting out the blueprint for us. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. When this time comes, this is this is other type of weapons. Umbrellas, we see in Hong Kong, they, they have umbrellas, masks, you know, to keep masks their face, and the umbrellas to keep them from the cameras from seeing them overhead. And laser pointers, you know what I'm saying? Simple things mm-hmm. to counter this technology. But, um, yeah, the chili protesters, 
I mean, they burnt all the buses in the city. Like, they, they went in. Like, I was like, wow, they'll never let us do this. <laughs> they would have had the military here eight times, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, they went all the way in. And I said, wow. Wow. Oh, mm-hmm. Oh, this this is another article. Mechanics, you mechanic uses his computer to stalk girl and control ex girlfriend's car. Mechanic uses his computer to stalk and control his ex girlfriend's car. Oh man, I thought this was very good. You know, I come from New Jersey. I mean, stealing cars and stuff was that was part of everyday life over there. So. Uh, right. When I see the technology in the cars, last time I went to Jersey, this dude opened up a car. He had the lock, um, the door unlocked using his um, laptop. You know, just standing there, mm-hmm. he was able to hack in the computer and unlock somebody's car door. So I said, "Man, yeah. y'all getting up with the technology." So um, here's the article: Technology, like any tool, some people will choose to use it in ways that are creepy, dangerous, and illegal. A Hobart man, this this happened in Australia. Hobart was the part of Australia. Deliberately downloaded okay. and set up an online application that gave him control over the stop and start function of his ex-girlfriend's car, allowing him to track her movements. The 38-year-old man pleaded guilty in the magistrate's court in Hobart for stalking his ex-girlfriend last year. The two had dated for six months. The court heard that he's a mechanic. He made a concerted attempt to monitor his ex-partner's movement, both physically and covertly, using the data um, received from her car. So when she would go somewhere and park her car, now he knows she stopped and he could look and see where she is and say, okay, she's here, okay, she left there in a half an hour and went somewhere else, so she's there. So, um... Oh, it says um, it also revealed he had helped he had helped his victim buy a Land Rover. As a consequence, that gave him access to the car's VIN number, which was all he needed to allow him to set up the app. So all you need is the VIN mm. number and uh, to the car, and um, you could track every movement of the car um, and um, mm. track this lady for some time until she went to a mechanic to get her car fixed. And he realized it had this, you know, this surveillance device in the car, you know, that that works with the app in his phone. And that was, that right. was pretty much um, how she was able to find out. And then she went to court. And, um, of course, you know, the court, you know, locked him up or, or charging him. And he, um, the, the whole thing to monitor her car, he had to pay a monthly fee to the company. But that was it. He was able to monitor her mm-hmm. car. So, um I would say now, if you have a car and you got a boyfriend, don't give him your VIN number. <laughs> <laughs> he might be crazy. Uh, he might be stalking you. Well, well oh. now, since you have put the information out there, that's the first thing the boyfriends or the girlfriends are going to be looking at. They're going to go right to that car and get that VIN number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is crazy. Um, yeah, it's another article. Twenty-one thousand. Um, me and Ramon did an article about the smart diaper before. I don't know if you remember that, Dad. Mm-hmm. You're talking about mm-hmm. these smart pampers that um are coming out, and it allows you to 
Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know what's happened, man. I used to just give it an eyeball test. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's not, come over here to daddy. Let me change your pimple. You know, like I can give it the eyeball right. test, you know. Or, or my nose test. That's the ultimate. Ooh, you Thank you. Come over here. You know. Every yeah, now and then yeah. it looks funny, and you might have to just put a finger in there to feel around, you know, you know. But mm-hmm. now we have smart pampers. Um, twenty-one thousand plus people sign a petition against Procter and Gamble smart pampers. Um, nobody should be forced to wear smart diapers, especially babies. Health experts, right. including the American Academy of Pediatrics have been warning for many years that children are more vulnerable to harm caused by wireless radiation exposure. In fact, there is no safe level of wireless radiation that has been scientifically determined for children or pregnant women to take. Thanks to families advocating for chemical toxins, safety, families advocating for chemical toxin safety, is uh, that means facts. For raising awareness about smart diapers and starting this petition. I mean, can you believe that? Now, first thing is, the Procter and Gamble's making it. I don't care how many people they get to sign a petition, they ain't going to be able to stop. <laughs> you know, so it's just pretty mm-hmm. much a wrap. I mean, but um, companies, including Panthers, which is Procter and Gamble's company, they own Panthers and they own Logs. Um, those are the two pimp um, diaper brands they own. Pampers and Love. Well, I can I can see how they can stop them. They quit buying their product. They they mess with their money. They'll stop. Well, see the problem they have is that remember a few weeks ago I, I was talking about the different generation, and I was leading up to Generation Alpha, which is this new you know these kids now they they're probably in the third fourth grade right now they never live life without being online. Like, they've been online their whole life. These kids, children, now let's just say 20 years from now, they're not going to have no problem putting a smart diaper on their kids, you know? I'm sure you're talking about my yeah. grandkids, you know? Like, they're not yeah, going to, yeah. you know, they're not going to. They've been so in intertwined with technology in their everyday life that, this doesn't mean nothing to them. Like, yeah, shoot, man. You know, send me a text when I got to change the pamphlet. You know, um, but companies, including Pampers, are launching smart tech diapers with sensors attached to sense wetness, track urine. The sensors work in concert with Wi Fi baby monitors and lets parents track the baby's diaper situation, indicating that the baby needs to be changed. So, um, this is all going to be working through the Wi Fi. It's like having a Bluetooth on your baby's ass. I wouldn't recommend this, <laughs> but um, I do see in the future where the this generation of children right now, they're not going to have me. My kids, they won't even care about This won't even matter to them. They don't know nothing else, you know, and that's the scary yeah. part. And, uh, yeah. Because my, my, my own grandmother used to always tell me that she remembered when you just – had a diaper, you know, you wash it, you know, and put wow. on, you know, that's and you right. safety pin, and that was how you, you know, that's how babies were changed, and, you know, and how she was against, you know, uh, my mother using pampers <laughs> on me, you know, and yeah. now 
my generation, I never thought about a diaper. All I knew was Pampers. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's go to the store and get some um, some some Huggies or some Pampers or you know some fitties if I have enough money. You know, however it works. You know, but um, just very interesting how that whole thing is going down. So they're targeting the children, and um, really, I mean, they could. I mean, I, I know dogs. They'll pee. Another dog will come behind them and smell, and they'll pee on top like they know. You know, like, I mean, I wonder if these panthers can sense your urine. You know, they, they can know you by, you know, <laughs> permanent drug test. Like, you know, you're just peeing into a constant drug test, and, you know, if your parents is getting high around you or something, now it shows up, in the, and, and the panther police come get you or something. I mean, but... um. But you, but Crazy. you own the sum. I, I could really see that happening because what's the first thing they do whenever you go to the doctor? They want to take your pee and your blood. Mhm. Yeah. yeah you're in, in, yeah. um, in blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what I call. Yeah, it. but Vampire. I mean, I could see what you, what you're saying is true. Now they can monitor the, the, you know, the urine. That the, the children are having you are you on it you're right on it like Doctor X say mm-hmm. bingo <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um um Department of Homeland Security our good friends over there have mm-hmm. some bio have um, expects to have biometric data of 259 million people by the year 2022 biometric data uh, is data um, your fingerprint uh, when you you know your, if you use your fingerprint to open your phone or uh, I had a job where I had to put my fingerprint or, or put my whole hand on the the um, thing in order to open up my timesheet and you know punch in in the morning and stuff that's called biometrics you know anytime that you measuring your body or your eyeball scan, the retinal scan, that's biometrics. Uh, the face unlock on your phone is biometrics. Uh, all of those things is called, uh, like I said, biometrics. So the Department of Homeland Security expects to have biometrics data of 259 million people by the year 2020. It's only 320 million people in the United States. So they pretty much expect to have almost about 80% of everybody's biometrics. How they're gonna get it uh, is, you know, I'm sure they have a scheme, you know. So just be waiting for it to happen. Um, but um, I think the first start of this is gonna be. I know I just flew out of the state. I went down to Florida, and the people told me at the airport, uh, make sure that by I think they said October, whatever, I have to get another ID yeah. that's gonna have. Um, a RFID chip in it. That's what the, the only real difference. The RFID chip is the tracking device. You know that that's, that's you know right. gonna let them know where you are at all times. So yeah, um, pretty soon the next thing is gonna be is you don't need an ID. You you know just give us your eye scan, and that's all you're gonna need. You know so when you go to the airport, because even now they got this machine. You got to stand there and lift your hands up in the air. Like you, you throw your hands in the air and wave them like you know, like put your hands in the right. air while the machine spins around you, and then you walk through and they mm. still gotta wand you. I'm like, well, what was the point? Mm. You know what I'm saying? But right. 
who knows what type of they might be making a measurement of every part of my body, collecting they data. Are. Yeah. Um, so the article reads, so. the Department of Homeland Security expects to have face, fingerprint, iris scans of at least 259 million people and bio, in its biometric database by the year 2022. Is there any way to escape mass surveillance? The agency is transitioning from a legacy system called IDENT to a cloud-based system hosted by Amazon Web Services known as Homeland Advanced Recognition Technology, or HART, H-A-R-T, Homeland Advanced Recognition Technology. The biometrics collection maintained by the Department of Homeland Security is the world's second largest behind India's countrywide biometric ID network size. Of course, they'll never be able to compete with India because they got too many doggone people over there. We don't have that many people. Uh, last month's Department of Homeland Security presentation describes IDENT as an operational biometric system for rapid identification and verification of subjects using fingerprints, iris, face modules. According to further reporting by courts, the heart database builds upon a foundation functionally within IDENT. That's, that's the current one, IDENT. The new one's going to be called heart to include voice data, DNA profiles, they also will have a, uh, a database of scars, marks, and tattoos. Everyone who got a tattoo, you know, they could track you with your tattoo. And as, as yet un- unidentified, other biometric modules are required. Okay, so um, pretty much this all, all this is saying is because when uh, we did the 5G show, we told you that they could read your aura, pretty much. Mm. Once the 5G is up, they don't have to do no face scans of you. They're gonna just have. They just gonna know it's you. It's gonna. You're gonna be under that thing, and it's just gonna know based off of your heart rate, your your body temperature, and every, you know your height. It's just gonna say, "Oh, that's Thomas." You know what I'm saying? That, that's no. He can't hide mm-hmm. me. So um, that's pretty much. Um, the Department of Homeland Security, who is, um, you know, the deep state, as they call them, you know, and that's the CIA, the FBI, um, uh, the ATF, the DEA, all mm-hmm. entwined into one thing, saying that they're here for Homeland Security, created after 9-11 under the Patriot Act, which was already a, to take mm-hmm. our rights. We all know that's what the Patriot Act was for. So um, this is their... Um, their way of telling us that this is where they're going. They want us all to be scanned. And um, the um, the last one I have here for the, the start here is um, and, and talking about 5G. The United States is losing the 5G battle bad. Okay. Um, the company known as Huawei, their 5G um, boxes are the best. Um, the United States doesn't want to use Huawei under the pretexts that based off of the fact that Huawei is a government-funded company, Chinese government puts up the money for it, that all the information collected on those 5G boxes could essentially be given to the Chinese government. 
and um, the United States doesn't want to do that. So they using Nokia and Sony and Ericsson and all these other companies, but their technology just isn't as good as Huawei. So um, you know, it's it's really like they're they're losing. You know, uh, as far as they 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 have all this infrastructure, but it's just not working as good as China. And all these other countries that bought China's stuff instead of you know, um, the the Ericsson, the European, and the United States stuff, that their stuff is working much better than the United States too because they're using Huawei stuff. So um, the United States is losing that battle bad. Um, and they also all of the lawsuits uh, that's out, uh, which I'm sure you know the the big um, telecom companies will win. But I mean, it's, everything's trying to slow it down even more. They're already behind, and they can't put it up until they deal with this lawsuit from this community or whatever. So they're really losing this battle. Um, the article title is "China Working on 6G Despite Opposition and Lawsuits Against 5G Increasing Worldwide." So China is working on 6G. United States can't even get the 5G up. You understand? So um, they're moving way far ahead and um, expect, you know, a huge part of this um, trade agreement to be either to speed United States up to that point or to slow China down. Because if they're putting out 6G and we still haven't, I don't know nobody with a 5G phone. So, you know, they, they already working on the next thing. You know, they, they're way ahead with this 5G stuff. So, uh, just that that's all the article really said it didn't it, it gave a bunch of verbiage about lawsuits and stuff but it didn't tell you what the 6g is gonna do because that's what i was looking for like what's that gonna do you know so um just just to keep everyone informed that there is a 6g and china's working on it they're already in china rolled out their 5g on october 1st um the you know the first of the, this month wait, this is november so last month on the first and um they, it's been smooth. Everybody's loving it over there. They got super fast downloads. They got um, all this technology working better. So, um, you know, the U.S. is feeling like, wait, we got to catch up, you know. Um, so, you know, just, just to keep everyone abreast of that. And uh, if we had anyone in the queue or anything, um, Bev, uh, please let them in. Mm-hmm. As you know, this is the round table, and then I can get into some of the, uh, the, the meat and potatoes. Okay, well, we have somebody in the queue, but I see they gone now. But we do got someone here. And I also want to say that 323-642-1586, and push the number one if you would like to join the roundtable. 404 404-259. You're live. Greetings, Sister Bev. Greetings, greetings. What's up, Brother Tutmos? Greetings. What's going on, Brother Rio? Oh, man, it's all good, man. Uh, you got some interesting topics going on this evening. Uh, you know, I uh, I heard about the being able to, to track you through your tattoos. They were changing the kind of ink that they were using in these tattoos so that they could be, uh, you know, uh, traced or, or you know, just followed, and you know, just it's funny how these things are just developing. 
and they just moving forward with these plans. I mean, they, they put it out there that, you know, this is what's going to happen. And <laughs> lo and behold, magically, they just pop up and, and people are going to be surprised. Like, I didn't know that they could do all of this, and they already got these tattoos. So, I mean, you in it whether you want to be in it or not because you wasn't in the know. So I yeah, find sure. that very interesting and telling. You know, as to, uh, you know, we've had many discussions about implied contracts and giving your consent uh, to these these things that, you know, in the future, as things continue to be rolled out, you're going to be oppressed by or subject to, you know. So I think it's just important that we keep reiterating it's important to understand what they mean by implied contracts and you giving consent to be governed or to be subject to a lot of this technology that's going to be rolling out. Yeah, but in, in, but the case in the facial recognition technology, it don't matter if you signed up for it or not. They just, you walking down the street, they got the picture. You know what I'm saying? They just going to recognize it, put it in a computer, see if you got a social media site attached to that face. See what pictures you popped up on in Facebook, and they could pretty much pinpoint who you are, get your IP address from there. I mean, and this will be all be being done without your consent, and it's all um, based off of the Patriot Act, um, totally part of Homeland Security. They have the right to do this, you know, as far as they're concerned. Even if we were all to uh, say, hey, they made us acquiesce to this lesson, and letters saying we don't consent to this it, it won't even matter they already got us you know I mean just for us to go into the court you know they got us on camera you know it's, but, it's but a lot of about us a lot of us have consented but we really don't didn't know it because when you join Facebook anytime you uh, you got to accept a policy uh, when you want to download something your phone all of that got they they pop and you got to click on yes, so it won't let you through. And don't nobody sit there and read all that stuff. But you giving your consent if you read it. Yeah, she's right on that. But um, well, you know, my real point is is just to bring about the awareness of it so that we can begin to combat it instead of just letting it happen. Mm-hmm. So you brought up the example of court. Okay, well. Um, yeah, you know, maybe we can't stop them, but when it comes to court, you know, do we have options of, of whether that, it, you know, whether it can be admissible to be used against you or not? I mean, that's the kind of, you know, they're going to do some things, but what can we do to counteract it? You know, can we come out with some technology that's going to be able to kind of scramble your face or, you know, so that it doesn't get a very good image or unacceptable image of you or, you know, whatever front we need to combat or fight this on uh, just so we can protect some of the uh, private rights that we should be entitled to. So, you know, again, it's, it's going to always come back to public versus private um, and living up the contracts. So, just tools, brother. I mean, you know, we bring an awareness to it, but, you know, we we got to start understanding how to empower ourselves with this information, this powerful information that you are bringing, and we know it's coming down the pipe. 
Now check this well, deal. They like got a neck they... collar. Oh, they have a mm-hmm. neck collar that you put on your neck, and once you turn it on, anything above your neck, if you walk past the camera, it's gonna blur that image out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, yeah. They sell that. They, they, I mean, I, in fact, I shouldn't say they sell it. There's a, a Indiegogo set up where the people are showing the technology and they're asking for money so that they can make it. You know what I'm saying? So that technology can exist. It's there. Also, they got what you call these cloaks, right? Um, you could get this off Amazon. You could look up a cloaking cloth, right? And you could be standing next to the wall and put this cloaking cloth on you and then you'll just look like the wall. As long as the, the light angle doesn't change, no one won't see that. That's a person. It'll just look like a flat surface. You know what I'm saying? But putting that over your face uh, as a mask, now that that's the other thing. Uh, this, this um, dude is selling masks. They look just like a human face, though. So, but... It, the camera won't be able to tell it's a person or not, but it, it won't it won't be you, so it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? But um, it, it looks just they're made out of wood. It's a real thin mask, and he makes them specially to look like your skin complexion and everything, so you won't freak nobody out on the trainers or on the bus or you know at, at, at wherever you're going. But you know, I mean, just to say you would have to wear that all day in public. Because, you know, it, in the public, it, you know, the private is going, as you know, brother. Bev, I'm sorry right. I cut you off. No, no. I was just saying, like you, you know, just like when they say with the paperwork and everything, that the remedy always is there. And so just like mm-hmm. the technology, the remedy is there. And that's what you was just saying. They coming up with the remedy. And they going to make just as much money or uh, would sell in the remedy as they is with with that technology. That's a good point, Sister Bev. And you know, I think if um if we can get out in front of this, you know, we're talking about some some business opportunities. You know, that yeah. kind of would align ourselves with uh, cultural perspectives. You know, so we don't have to get in on the technology end, which might be uh, used to kind of oppress us. You know, we can get in on the back end on, on, if not come up with our own solutions as to, you know, how to remain in the private while we're in the public. So that's that's a very good point. But, yeah, but that's what it's about now. It's about economic. This is what we're in. We're in an economic war. I mean, and, it's, and we got a great opportunity, whichever way you want to go with it, to get in the game. You know, this, right. this is what time it is. So if you don't get in it, then it's on you, but it's wide open for anybody who want to get in it. Yeah, but I, I spend a lot of time um, looking for that type of technology, you understand? Because I understand that you're going to have to counter surveillance. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's it's kind of sad, but it, you know, I, I've heard that in every war movie I ever heard. You got, you know, your reconnaissance, then you got your counter surveillance. You know, your counter, you got. We're gonna have to learn how to be very good at countering the surveillance mm-hmm. in order to be able to live a normal life. Because the things that we do every day that maybe we shouldn't do. But we do it, you know, and it's okay. It ain't hurting nobody. You won't be able to do that anymore, you know. So it, it, it's um, 
you know, was uh, uh, common ground. Brother Thomas, mm-hmm. go ahead, bro. Uh, do you mm-hmm. do you remember a movie called uh, Johnny Mnemonic? He had a uh, Keanu Reeves in it, I believe. But uh, yeah, was, I do remember was, the name. He was involved in corporate espionage, so he would go around um, stealing corporate technology secrets. But he had, <clears throat> excuse me, he had special implants uh, or computer enhancements that would allow him to go in, uh, interact with computers and steal software and uh, intellectual property or, or things of that nature. And, you know, he would get paid for, for those services. And then they had the ability to wipe his memory. So he wouldn't even remember that, you know, or what it, what he stole. Um, so, you know, I, I, I can just see that being common, you know, in upcoming technology wars. And, you know, it's also going to be the rise of these corporations, which are going to, you know, take over for, in my opinion, you know, they're going to take over for government. The government is going to pass on a lot or privatize is the buzzword they use. They're going to privatize a lot of the services that they offer to the people. Um, But as these corporations rise, uh, you know, we're going to see pretty much different, uh, I guess um, you want to call them privileges, given to different corporations and they're going to unroll that and give it to the people. So mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. times, brother, interesting times. If you notice, you can see right now who the corporations that get the privileges are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you're going to say Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Google. Mm-hmm. It's the same companies that, is monitoring everybody. You see what I'm saying? They work. That's the government. Those companies are the government. That is the the, the homeland security. They they get all the contracts. Um, you know, you saw today. Uh, Microsoft. Microsoft uh, is three major cloud providers in the world. You got well in the United States. You got Google. You got Microsoft with the Azure, and you got um, Amazon Web Services. So both, all three of them were competing for this huge bid to build a, a military cloud for DARPA, for the Department of um, of, of Defense, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a huge bid. And uh, Amazon felt like, yo, you know, we already built, we built the last cloud. And, you know, who, who even knew they did that? So, you know, and we should have been able to build this one. And, we, you know, the government picked Microsoft. And they're blaming Donald Trump because Donald Trump doesn't like Jeff Bezos because Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, and all they do is talk bad about Trump all day in the newspaper. They're using that as their premise. But they have a countersuit now there. They want uh, um, a board to review the contract that the government just signed with Microsoft to see if that has something to do with the fact that Trump doesn't like Jeff Bezos so they can get the contract. And we're talking about a huge... Like fifty billion dollar contract just to make a web. They already got the web. It's like, it's like just giving them free money. You know, they don't do that for nothing. You know, they didn't let these companies all become monopolies. Facebook is a monopoly. They own Instagram. They own Facebook. You know, they own um, WhatsApp. I mean, that's a monopoly. You know, and they didn't have to split none of that up. Google is a monopoly. They own YouTube. They own Google, mm. they own Google Web, they own Google yeah. Cloud. 
you know, they own um, Messenger. Uh, that, like, that's that, a monopoly. Yeah. And that includes Google Pay or Wallet or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and I got some stuff on that. Yes, ma'am. In fact, if you look at all the, look at the, the major companies, right? And, and it's like six. You got, I'm just going to go through the five. Amazon. They got a, They just cut a deal with Chase to have their own Amazon um, mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Apple. Apple has the Apple card. Who they get that from? Goldman Sachs. So Apple has a relationship with Goldman Sachs. Google. Google just signed today a contract with Citibank because Citibank is losing big time to the other three big three banks, which is on Wells Fargo, Chase, and Bank of America. So this is going to push them back up there looking at it. Whereas Google's going to have their own financial services. Facebook has already got the Libra coin, which is affiliated with Visa MasterCard. And Microsoft is, um, has a card coming out with um, UBS Warburg. You know what I'm saying? So they, they're all tied to the banks. It's, 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 they're monopolies, you know, and no one's stopping them. I mean, they, they're worse than Standard Oil. And um, that's, you know. But go ahead, brother. I sent no, you the no, picture I mean, of the mask, too. If you could look at your phone, I sent you the picture of the mask. I sent it to you, too, Bev. Um, yeah, I'm the, looking The at wooden it. mask. And it looks like the guy, like it could be a real face. Like it wouldn't freak someone out to the point where, ah, you know what I'm saying? They might look and say, oh, that's a mask, but it's it's not a scary-looking mask. You know, it looks like a person's face. And this this makes it so the, the cameras can't figure out who you are, you know, because you have a mask on. Yeah, we're definitely going to have some deeper discussions about that offline, brother. Um, I'm driving right now, so I can't look at it. But, I mean, that's oh, okay. that. We, we, <clears throat> but we're talking, about, we're talking about the future and, you know, where to uh, invest money. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, we're talking <laughs> about the future, man, and where to, where to invest and put our money. You know, and these are the things that these are the discussions we need to be having right here. You know, because we can get together, we can back this brother, or we can find uh, our own people and, and figure out what resources we need, and we can launch something. Because we already know <laughs> that predominantly it's going to be our population that's going to be targeted. So, you know, what I'm saying if we can get uh, a product out there and, and start to brand it, you know, what I'm saying we. We just ahead of the curve, but exactly. but, I, but if you do if you research, you find out that a lot of this technology was created by us. Like I saw a black woman created mm-hmm. the GPS and a black guy, you know, mm-hmm. and so we created this. So I mean, why not, you know, use it to our to our advantage or however we're going to use it. It don't have to just be Absolutely. a weapon towards us all the time. So, okay, we look at an opportunity. We we can, uh, you know, protect ourselves from from what they put out at us. And they come from us. Because I was shocked when I looked and saw uh, how many black folks was involved in creating this technology. I mean, I we need the finals. We need to find these black people and... Um, First, smack them, 
And then we got to find out. <laughs> can, you, can we counter this? Can you make something for us to counter? Because you would know how to do it. See, you made it, which means you should be able to know how to reverse engineer it to work against, you know what I'm saying? Like, it has to be a way, you know. But, yeah, you better. But I I'm, bet I'm you. always shocked to find how much stuff black people made, too. It's like, yo, we would, if we owned yeah. the patent, like, if we held on to that stuff, but, you know. But, see, I, I, I bet mean, you those brother, people, I, I bet mm-hmm. you those ahead, people that, that sold it to these people or however it went down, you know, that's the first thing they do. They put that, uh, what they call that, that non uh, where you can't reveal things. Non-compete. You know, that's the first mm-hmm. thing they have. Disclosure and non-compete. Or, or just, yeah. And so, you know, you know they had these people to sign that. But what's so good about it, we have our brilliant young people. They can saw, they know this stuff. Like you say, they was born with this. And so we just got to get the young folks that can come in and, and know how to count. That's why they after the young people, so. Excellent point. Yeah, they get a lot of our stuff because we go to their colleges, and this is where all this stuff Mm -hmm. is created. It's in the college. So, you know, this black chick is working on, let's just say, GPS. She, well, when she figures out, oh, this is it, it works, it belongs to the college. It doesn't belong to the college. Right. Right. So, all she gets is the recognition. So that will give her a better job and opportunity when she gets out of college, but the college owns the rights to that technology. Like, they own the patent to it because they're pretty much saying if you didn't have our lab with all our, you know, supercomputers and things, you wouldn't have been able to do that anyway. So, you know, so, the so it black boils back college, down to the platforms. Well, the black college and then- to step up their game. And I know that they they're nah. limited because well, nah. black I'm with you on that, Sister Bell. Nah. <laughs> yeah, nah. No, I'm just saying. But just let's just imagine uh, if all if the black colleges own the rights to GPS as opposed to Google, you know, who bought it from whatever college some black person made it at. You know, let's just say how it owned that technology. You know what I'm saying? And, and they could build up their campus and do some things in D.C., like build hospitals because they already got doctors. I mean, that's how Ohio State and USC and all of them got so big is from all those patents that they got from the research the students did, and they were able to sell it and profit from it and create these huge endowments. You know, I mean, but, you know, the black colleges are owned by white people, though. It's just to let everyone there know. You there, 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 there you I'm go. There you go. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. At one point, it wasn't like that. That's all I'm saying. If they, no. they would have been keeping no. all those, if they, they would have been hoarding that technology, that the, the, like uh, Ramon always talks about the street light was created by a black person. Well, I, I'm, let's just say that was made at Tuskegee University, and Tuskegee kept that. And today they still getting paid from all the streetlights all across the country because it's their patent. Imagine how big a university that would be. But you know, like I said, they're all owned by white people now because they didn't do that. Exactly. And the black colleges now they too busy uh, pumping out homosexuality. That's that's what they're focused yeah, on yeah. now. Because most of their funding, most of their fund, most of their funding comes from the state anyway. So. 
You know, even if they do have a patent, it's somebody else higher up the chain that's going to decide where those allocations go. And just a little FYI, since I'm here in Atlanta, um, you know, the areas where these HBC, uh, HBCUs are, are located is currently being regentrified. Um, you know, they've already mm-hmm. closed down uh, uh, Morris Brown. They've already closed Morris Brown down pretty much. It's, it's, it's a wrap. You know, and and Clark and Howard are still sitting over there, um, but those impoverished communities that are around them are, are beginning to be regentrified. So, I, I think the writing's on the wall for these uh, HBCUs as far as their location. I don't know if they're going to try to make a merge. I don't know if they're going to try to move them out there, or they're going to train, uh, change them into a more bougie uh, institution still with a, a melanated face, uh, but, you know, I think they're going to weed those establishments out of that location. That's just a prediction. Well, let's, let's, let's take Spelman, right? That's in Atlanta, right? Spelman? Yeah, it's in that, it's in that cluster. It's in that yeah, same so cluster. They're all located within uh, – uh, those, those three are all, all located within a, a block radius of each other. Yeah, I heard that's the all girls school too. I always wanted to go to Spelman, but if you go, uh, like, if you take, if you look up who Spelman is, you, you'll have a totally different perspective on that school. You know what I'm saying? Do, do you know who Spelman is? Isn't that um, a white woman? Yes, it is. It's John D. Rockefeller's wife. That's her maiden name, Spelman. He married a Spelman, a Jew. And, but um, she, she, and she they are the pioneers of the educational system in this country. How exactly. ironic! Yeah, <laughs> so she went down and said, "These Negro women can learn like white women. Let's build a school mm. for them." And that's why that school did, and it bears her name because they funded it, the Rockefellers. So that's an experiment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everything is, a, yeah. Until we do it ourselves. And hold on to it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, Brother Mel told me that y'all was talking about um, a history versus a mystery uh, topic, um, uh, <laughs> Brother Bio. And, and I would just say this, man. I always equate history to his story. And mystery is my story. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's exactly story, how the conversation went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our story is always going to be a mystery because his story is his story, and he's taking our story. Right. So if we're going to have to find our story, our mystery. You know, it's like a, it's like some Scooby doing them. You know what I'm saying? We got to go on the hunt and look for the ghost and find out it wasn't no ghost. It was these people all this time who done took us. Right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. You know, it wasn't no ghost. To elaborate on your point, uh, it also comes down to a level of understanding what history truly is. And, yes, it is his story. Uh, it's him perverting as well as co-opting uh, our story. But, you know, it's also a time period when he started recording or writing down his story so that he could propagate it. And take us away from our tradition, which was started out being oral. So, you know, not only does it, 
move along his agenda, it also takes us away or demonizes the way that we used to um, pass on knowledge and our own history. Uh, because, I mean, we had rules and uh, procedures on, on the proper way of doing things. Uh, but, you know, the perception now that if it isn't written down, and, you know, me and you have gone back several times on this. If it, written, if it isn't written down, you know, is it really proof? You know, you can't prove it. I hear what you're saying, brother. It's all good. But, you know, we can't prove none of that, and, which is, you know, true to a point. But just because it's written down doesn't mean it's all necessarily correct, you know, or it's presented in uh, truth versus fact, fact being something that people get together and agree upon. This is our story, and we sticking to it no matter what. Don't necessarily make it true, but these are the facts we're going to present. We're going we're gonna to have a united front. So whenever the people come to us, if they're not saying these facts, we're going to discredit them. You know, so it's just another means of control. So history versus mystery, which is my story. And, again, like you said, we're going to be on the hunt. But if, unless we change our perceptions about how we look at oral history, I don't know. We're going to be calling the loop. We're going to call it that feedback loop. No, I, I agree with you. But the, the thing I'm making is this. But a lot of oral history is just, I, I could say, you know, somebody in my family told me this, you know, but I can't, you know, you'll never be able to prove whether that happened or not. You know what I'm saying? But this is, this is you know, what I, what I, I get at it with it. Is that's the game So what we have to do right now Is Write our his What we want our history to be And all agree on it Whether it's true or not And that's that And we Facts. be in the same position as these people So that I'm just waiting for the day we do it I mean <laughs> I, I always put myself as the greatest people ever So let's you know, that's how we write in the history. We, you know, but, but, you that's, know. but that's, that's the issue, though, mm-hmm. with us. You know, we all standing there, and it's like we at the pool, and it's like you jump in, and the other one like, no, you jump. I'm waiting on you to jump in, and nobody jump in because everybody's standing there waiting on somebody to start something or do something. That's yeah, true. I yeah, to, but you know what know, I, I had to you give know, it I to the others. They jump in. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, they they, they ain't got no choice. Cause <laughs> they ain't have yeah. nothing. So they ain't have nothing to lose. Well, we they went. Nothing. They went all well, in. Uh, and we and we should take that same. I mean, we don't have really and truly. We don't have no choice either. We the ones under attack. You know the the major. Um, difference between our psyche as opposed to the other mm-hmm. people, even other non even non white people, just that's not black. Is that in our mind we know we the most dominant people because I don't care which one of them people you have baby with, that baby gonna come out black. You understand? So we the most dominant, and we know that now. White people know. They're the least dominant. They can't even have sex with a Chinese person. The baby gonna come out with squinty eyes. It's gonna be a little China man, you know. They can't. They can't do it. And they understood that early in the game, and they created a system around, 
yo, we realize that we won't be here. We can't have all-inclusiveness. We can't have a bunch of Obamas and Halle Berry's running around here. You know, the, Dr. Weldon, that's her theory on, on racism, is, you know, they went around the world, they had sex, they waited for nine months, and regardless of where they went, the babies came out looking like the people they had sex with. And they realized they had a big problem. And we don't have that problem. So we're never going to be in that mindset. You know what I'm saying? We're never going to be in that, that you know, that purposeful of, of being, we have to dominate in another way because we know biologically we already dominate. You know what I'm saying? We don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, people, what they call the little man complex. You know, you, you're a little man, so you're going to talk the most stuff. Because, you know, you're going to make up for your size with your mouth. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's where they are. It's just that, you know, they backed up what they said. You know, and we need to figure that. We need to get on that same mindset because they're killing us all. Uh, when I get into depopulation, you'll see just how much they're going to be doing this. And uh, we we could essentially be in a bad position uh, as a people, you know, if it's not a lot of us to go around. So. Uh, the the point is is that they they have a psyche where they understand they're biologically inferior to everybody else on the planet, and they're the only people on the planet that can't take the sun, and the planet is governed by a sun. So there, that right there means that you know you, you're already starting off with a mental illness if you have that that psyche. And I don't think it takes them but about a couple years to realize that, you know, there's <laughs> something wrong with them. You know what I'm saying? By the time they can look in the mirror, it's like, oh, damn it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's how I look at it, bro. It's interesting that you say that because as you say that, um, I see more and more how technology takes us away from being able to um, – be in a better position going back to your game theory uh, because if you do have uh, melanin recessant beings uh, that are in a position to do for themselves then you know that is disadvantageous for them where we would have an advantage because again we can uh, exist out in the sun and, and thrive you know and what have they done mm-hmm. through technology they have purposely used technology to be um, um, in a position to where they can sit back. They can sit in these new caves that they have us in, you know, be it houses or apartments. Um, and they have, we were the original technology. They had us, they put us in a position where we were going out and we were working uh, to earn and bring back the resources to them so they can dominate from the shadows. And we were doing all the work. Whereas, you know, before we did the work, we took the spoils and, you know, we dished out to them whatever we wanted to, you know, we are uh, caretakers of the of the planet. So, you know, we, we looked out for them, but, you know, as we started beefing with each other, you know, they took the position to go ahead and, and, and dominate. So here we are today, but I don't think we're going to, reverse this until we realize that, you know, we have the power to change our position in game theory. We just have to understand how. 
and that's looking through the tricks and all the illusions and politics and parlor tricks and all this other kind of kumbaya get along. It's we can kumbaya as long as he's on top, but you know once he starts to you know fall down a few rungs on the ladder, that's when all hell is breaking loose and. You know, he's manipulating and got us at each other's throat so that, again, we divided and conquered and, you know, we can't overcome. But. Yeah, and part of it also is how they keep us talking about them. You know, and so good point. Good point. Forces, we, we need to keep our focus on us. What we can do is always them, and what they did, and what they. And so we're giving them our energy. It's like okay, mm-hmm. we already know all of that. Focus on bringing our powers out. Focus on what we can do, because that's part of the game plan to keep us to focus on them, and that's what we talk about. They got this, and they overrode us, and they did. We, they, they like keep on talking because y'all giving us that energy. Mm-hmm. Focusing it on us. So it's that's a, why we're not getting a, nowhere. That's what Brother Mel it's says a, all the time. It's a, it's a confidence game. It's you know, it's a confidence game. That's how mm-hmm. they can swindle you. Mm-hmm. It's a famous church. Mhm. It's a famous church in Harlem um, that I believe um, Minister Adam Clayton Powell was uh, the minister of the church. And I can't. The name is slipping. But if you go on, go to this church on a Sunday service, the line of white people is around the block. I mean, the, the black people who are the paying members of the church, they complain that they can't even get to, um, get in. you know, mm-hmm. get, get into their own church. So they what what? So uh, one day, uh, I believe it was on Sonetta TV. They walked around and they put the microphone and they was asking all these white people, you know, why are you coming to Harlem to go to this black church? And I'm gonna tell you. All these people came from another country. Half of them couldn't even understand English. But they say mm. we wanted, came to get the we came to feed off of the energy. Mm-hmm. Understand? Mm-hmm. You remember every time the Clintons got in trouble, Bill Clinton ended up right in the black church. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Had the black women praying for him, giving him that energy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I personally think the day we stop with Jesus. They hold things full because we giving this white man, you know, that walked the earth, just a regular man, all our energy, making him a god in our sight. I don't even think that it's, makes that. I don't think it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's even about Jesus. I just think it's what do what do it say in the Bible? If they said uh, first it was God, and then God was the word or whatever, however that scripture goes. But mm-hmm. the word is the vibration. And so it's what we speak in. You know, we study talking about them. Quit talking about them. Well, Sister Bear, can vibration. I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. Well, we know that the majority of our um, 
of our population is pretty much under a spell. And yes, we have a lot of, uh, I think, our, our, a lot of our, our brothers are coming out of the church because um, I believe it's unnatural for a man to feel empowered in his own house when you put in a fictional non-melanated man above him. Because if you realistically ask um, many of our quote-unquote black women today, you know, are you willing to put me before Jesus? You know, I'm paying the bills around here. I'm trying to, you know, make sure our kids and you are safe. I'm going, I'm the one getting up, breaking my back, putting up with all these devils, you know, to try to give uh, our family what we think is supposed to be a good way of life in, in, in this American dream scenario. And, you know, you giving all your praise to a fictional white man who supposedly died for your sins to the point where, you know, we giving the church and, and, the, and the pastor who we know <laughs> is hitting on the women, uh, uh, might be looking after the kids, you know, in, in a negative connotation, you know, is and just backing your subconscious as a man, you know, that's that that is brutal. That's brutal. And I think, especially in this age of Aquarius, where it's about knowing instead of believing, you know, I think those types of relationships, those interactions between uh, our, amongst ourselves. I believe those things are coming to a head, you know, and it's it's going to be some it's going to be some knockdown, drag out, you know, division between us because of the things that are coming to light. You know, a conscious woman like yourself, oh man, I mean, you you a dream, but the majority of sisters out there, uh, I don't but know. They, I mean, they, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? I'm looking at the younger people, and the younger people ain't buying it. They more into the spiritual side of it. And even the older older population, they starting to, it's all a hip, it's being hypnotized. That's what it is. And so, you know, when a person gets hypnotized, you can talk to them and tell them to do this and do that, and they're going to do it without even thinking about it. So we got to come out that hypnosis. And it ain't even about the picture of the white man. What about the churches that got the black Jesus up there? The whole key is that they got you going outside of you. I don't care if it's the pink picture, mm-hmm. red picture, black man. They got you looking outside of you. Where you need to be looking in you is in you. That's what they do. They take you out of you. So we we got to counter it. You know, if you got a, a man and your woman is into the church, you got to learn as much about the spiritual side of things as you can so you can educate her. Then if you make her think. you like, okay, well, well, I think about it. Then when the preacher up there talking, you know, it's like, wait a minute, that don't sound right. It's like she's coming out that hypnosis. But you sitting there telling her she wrong and she... She ain't going to hear you because she hypnotized. Right. And in light of the LBG, the LBGT agenda that's coming along, do you see that as a direct 
um, attacked or correlation or even planned uh, because they do realize that a lot of the young people, like you said, they're not buying into uh, the church mm-hmm. as as, as mm-hmm. past generations have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they're using technology, chemicals, the hip, the, the hypnotism too. But they using they add more on to it, so they using technology and chemicals with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's all part of depopulation. Um, the homosexual agenda. Um, if you could get people not to reproduce, I mean, that's the easiest way to get rid of them. You know, um, you, you could get rid of a lot of people in one, two generations. You know, twenty years it's a wrap. You know, um, once you once you get people not to reproduce, and um, the Homosexual agenda is anti-reproduction, um, and it it's it's a it's a sad thing because um, what was it the seventies seventy seven and the DSM is listed as a mental disorder because for someone that's a man to want to be you know a woman is you know a psychological um, disorder, maybe not a uh, you're not a schizophrenic or you're not a dangerous person, but you know you have a, a identity a identity um, issue. You know, uh, if you're born this way and you perceive yourself as that way, then that's a you you, you know like um, uh, multiple personalities. You know, like you, you gotta that that used to be something that could be treated uh, or at least attempted to be treated. Uh, and of course, there were some people who I think, you know, they 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 were born with their chromosomes mixed up or something. But for the most part, for it to be a decision, you know, it, it was it was treated as a mental disorder. But now it's being promoted. Why would it be promoted in today's time, other than to um, create the extinction of the human race? Um, if you have, let's just say, let's just say 20%. If 20% of the men in America, regardless of race, was in a male-on-male relationship, and 20% of the females in America were um, in a, fem- uh, you know, uh, females who um, perceived themselves as men and, or, or women, but they don't want any you know, babies or anything, let's just say, then you're talking about uh, about 50 years from now, the population of America would be half of the population it is now because there won't be anyone to repopulate. Um, and that's pretty much what they're trying to get to. It's one of the tactics of depopulation. Um, and I could get into depopulation. You got any more questions, Rio? No, no, no. You breaking it down, brother. Go ahead. You got the flow. Okay. Any anyone else on the line, um, Beth? No. And the number is three two three six four two one five eight six three two three six four two one five eight six and push one to uh, join the roundtable. So far, it's only three of us sitting here at the roundtable. Okay, okay. Okay. I got. 
Uh, I got a brother on my line. He didn't say anything. Um, when you come down to um, depopulation, there was one word that should stick out, and uh, we've all heard this word several times, um, and it's called eugenics, okay? Um, good stock, good genes, and who has them and who doesn't? And this was decided way back in the 1800s. Uh, first one was Charles Darwin with natural selection. And, you know, pretty much some people are selected by God, you know, due to a natural, you know, it's just, they're just naturally better than the other people. Those other people are savages. They're uncivilized. So they define civilized and savage the way they define it and made themselves the civilized, the sophisticated, the selected people, okay, by God. And um, as time went on, you had uh, Darwin's cousin, uh, Sir Francis Galton, come in, and he created eugenics based off of that theory, um, which is pretty much a science to, to prove that um, non-white races are inferior, okay? And eugenics programs have been taught in every college, university, even the black ones, for the last 100-plus years. Um, so today, the eugenics programs of America, uh, uh, of the world, which is eugenics is really depopulating the people, means the depopulation of people that they render as not worthy or not selected. Um, they created a few organizations, um, to three organizations, really, I'm going to touch on. These are really eugenic organizations. One of them is called the Club of Om. Okay, the Club of Om is an organization founded in 1968 by elite kingpin David Rockefeller. Accounts amongst its members some of the most influential power brokers on the planet, including the current and former heads of states of various countries, U.S. United Nations bureaucrats high-level politician and government officials, diplomats, scientists, economists, and business leaders from around the globe. The Club of Rome's 1972 publication, Limits to Growth, was the Malthusian blueprint on how the human population needed to be reduced in order to prevent an ecological collapse, which... Is merely disguised as a version as a version of adherent eugenics ideas that are circulating in the earliest part of the 20th century, and eventually died out with Hitler. As we know, they didn't die out with Hitler. Now we have the Human Genome Project. You know, it's been replaced by science. Um, now, um, Malthusian. When they talk about Malthusian, Malthus, he was a scientist who pretty much said. As the population of the world keeps going the way it was, once it hit, I think it was at the time, like 4 billion people on the earth, we've passed critical mass on resources and the earth won't be able to sustain all the people. We're up to 7 billion people and the earth seems to be just doing fine. So this is just a tactic they're using. Um, But back to the Club of Rome, um, the widely discredited Population boom paranoia 
of the 70s and 80s was gradually replaced by climate change fear-mongering that we see the organization pushing today, which is, again, another regurgitation of eugenics-obsessed policies of the elite. Prominent members of the Club of Rome include Al Gore and Maurice Strong, both of whom are intimately involved in private-owned carbon trading groups like the Chicago Climate Exchange, whose multi-million dollar profits are solely relying on protecting the credibility of man-made global warming thesis from skeptics who have challenged its legitimacy in light of the climate gate scandal. Okay, so the uh, Club of Rome decided how they could reduce the world's population is through pushing out this idea that there's climate change. There's too many people on the earth. The carbon emissions is too high. We have to do something about this. Um, and um, this is they've been pushing this out since 1968. Okay, they use words of uh, sustainable development and um, global warming and the depleted ozone layer and all these things as their their ways of pushing their agenda. Okay, on page 75 of their 1990 publication entitled First Global Revolution, the organization outlined how they would manufacture ecological scares in order to manipulate the public into accepting the imposition of a dictatorial world government run by them. Okay, so when I say run by them, this is the, these people we would call the technocracy. This is the technocracy, okay? Um, In searching for a common enemy against whom we can unite, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the likes would be fit to build. All these dangers are caused by human intervention. The real enemy then itself is humanity. The passage appears on the subline entitled "The Common Enemy of uh, the, the Common Enemy of Humanity Is Man." Okay, so this is what the Club of Rome has been pushing. Okay, we're we're the problem. We're the we're the we're the reason why this this world is is um. You know, all these things are happening Of course, they're causing Okay To unite the public against the common enemy By using divide and conquer To turn humanity against itself Villains need to be created in the public eye Who can be blamed for slowing efforts To save the planet from the mythological Threat of global warming Even the Arctic ice levels Return to normal And much of the globe has experienced the coldest winter In decades over the last few years They're still pushing this phenomenon the global warmest dependents have, in fact, the reality back their increasingly fanatic predictions. With public opinion increasing turning against them, they're simply pushing ahead uh, the agenda to impose authoritarian, authoritarian control measures to regulate and tax every aspect of our existence. Okay, and here's some quotes from the Club of Rome. Modern industrial civilization is on fast is fast outstripping the Earth's natural regenerative and life support capacity. At the current rates of resource depletion, the environmental degradation, a near complete collapse of the ecological integrity will occur within the next one hundred years. Okay? Now, this is important. The Club of Rome is an organization. But they don't pray to 
God, like we pray to God, they call their God the earth. They call it the mother, and they call it Gaia. Gaia, who nurtured humanity for countless millennia within her womb, is dying. A small window of opportunity now exists to transform humanity into a sustainable, global, independent society based on that respect and reverence of the earth. A radical change from the current trajectory is required. The complete reordering of global society. Humans only truly unite when faced with a powerful external enemy. At this time, the new enemy must be found, one either real or invented for the purpose. Democracy has filled us the new system of global government based on environmental imperatives must be implemented quickly. Okay, and that was a direct quote from the Club of Rome. So what they did was they created this thing called the Green Agenda. I don't know if y'all have heard of Green Agenda. This is all part of, these are the people that invented Agenda 21 as well. The common enemy amongst humanity is man. And searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, and famine alike would fit the bill. Okay? So this is this is pretty much the, the, the headline for the green agenda. Okay? Now, the Club of Rome is just one of a three-headed monster. The other two heads is called the Club of Budapest and the Club of Madrid. The Club of Rome is world leaders and governments. This is the governance and world leader arm of um, depopulation, using the earth dying as their premise for making it happen. The Club of Budapest is an international organization founded in 1993 by Irvin Lazaro to expand among the exclusively scientific purpose of the general evolutionist research group to mobilize cultures, resources, and humanity to meet the future challenges. Club of Budapest is an informal association of creative people in art, literature, and culture. So, like I said, the Club of Rome dealt with government leaders, uh, world officials, politicians. You see, the Club of Budapest, they want to deal with artists, literature artists, cultural people, this is um your, your entertainers. These are your um you know this is why you'll see um Garth Brooks pushing. Well, we need to save the earth. This is why you'll see Kanye West pushing. We need to save the earth. These are the Club of Budapest people, okay? Um the, the clothes, the, the fashion designers, and all those people. This this is who makes up their congregation, okay? In 1993, in response to experience with the Club of Rome. He founded the Club of Budapest, in his words, to center attention on the evolution of human values and consciousness consciousness as a crucial factor in changing the course from a race towards degradation, polarization, and disaster to rethinking the values and priorities so as a navigate to act, so as to navigate today's transformation from a direct humanitarian humanitism, ethics, and global sustainability. But once again, we're talking about global sustainability. That's um, that's global who, warming. Who, so who came up is, um, with who who came up with the mm-hmm. club of Budapest? Who came up? Who His started that? Irving. And when? Yeah, he started it in 1993. His name is Irvin. Okay. Laz, Laszlo. L A S Z L O. 
okay? And pretty much okay. that he was a member of the he was a member of the club of Rome because he was a world okay. leader. And he said, you know what? I could make this work better if I could get the entertainers and stuff to be pushing this agenda as opposed to the world leaders. You know what I'm saying? So he he starts the club of Budapest, focused with people from the arts, people from the literature world, the fashion world, and all those people to get involved in pushing this global warming stuff. The philosophy of the club of Budapest is based on the realization of enormous challenges of humanity is currently facing can be overcome through development of a global cultural consciousness. The view of the Club of Budapest is focused on cultural consciousness with the global perspective, like Greenpeace fights for ecological issues, UNICEF for children, Amnesty International for human rights. The Club of Budapest stands for global consciousness. You know, to make everyone think that, you know, we need to be working out and we need to we need to not you need to be recycling. You know, all these things is all coming from the Club of Budapest. You know, saying that mm. it has to be a global consciousness. If they can get everyone on the same page to just go along with the agenda, it'll make it so much easier. How do they plan to do that? Getting people, getting the superstars involved, you know, the people that the people follow. Um, and lastly, you got the Club of Madrid. The Club of Madrid was founded in 2001. It's an independent, non-profit organization. It doesn't have a person who started it, uh, Bev. Uh, amongst its mm-hmm. main goals, strengthening democracy, institutions, council and resolution, political conflicts in key areas, democratic leadership and governance in response to post-crisis situations. The Club of Madrid works together with governments, international organizations, civil society, scholars, and representatives from small businesses to encourage dialogue in order to foster the political change. The Club of Madrid is, is searches effective methods to provide technical recommendations to nations to establish democracy. With the Club of Madrid, uh, the Club of Rome is politicians, world leaders, the Club of Budapest is your SARS and athletes and actors and all that. The Club of Madrid is your technocrats. This is Bill Gates. This is um, Jeff Bezos. This is Zuckerberg. You know what I'm saying? This is these people. Okay? One of the things they have is called FRIDE, the Foundation Paralyzed International Yale Delego Esteria, the Foundation for International Relations and Foreign Dialogue. It's an independent European think tank headquartered in Madrid and Brussels which is one of 55 think tanks in the country. It's focused on improving European views and ideas on various topics related to international development. Okay, so this is one of the things they do. Um, and Friday, it was expanded its ideas of Europeans' role in the international arena with special reference to multilateralism, democratic values, security, and sustainable development. Here we go with global warming again. In 2008, the Club of Madrid, the Bologna Foundation, and the utility company Half Long ASA joined forces to organize a top-level climate conference in Norway called the CC8, the Climate Conference 8, the Technology and Financial Cooperation. In 2009, the same organizers arranged the CC9 Climate Conference. 
Okay, this is green technology, finance, and striking a fair climate deal. The objective of the CC9 is to contribute the conclusion of fair climate agreement by advancing the potential green technology. Now, we're going to get into green technology because, like I said, these are the technocrats that the club are on. This is your this is your your, your internet moguls and your your cell phone makers. Okay, so they're dealing with the technology end of it, and that's where we're headed. Um, investing in the development and diffusion of green technologies, renewable energy, sustainable ways to stimulate economies, create jobs, sustainable growth, uh, economic growth to reinforce efforts to combat global global climate change while respecting the developmental needs. Okay. And like I said, depopulation is ran through these three organizations, and they're using global warming as their reason behind it. Uh, the backdrop, the backdrop of the unprecedented global economic crisis, the next months of the decisive for reaching the political viable fair post-2012 climate agreement in Copenhagen. Okay, so in 2012 they signed this climate agreement. Okay, that's the one that Trump just got out of. I don't care about Paris, your Paris peace treaty or whatever, your climate deal. I'm not going for that. I don't believe in global warming. This is why he's a problem to them. You know, they've been pushing this for how long? And now all of a sudden one person is like, "Eh, I'm not going for that. And it's over for them, you know. So they're fighting real hard against them. You know, the global crisis constitutes tremendous opportunity for governments to address the weakness of the existing international financial system, but more important to lay out the foundations and the developments of the green sustainable energy and economy. Investing in clean technologies can be the key process to create an employment opportunity across the globe while addressing the challenges of the challenges of climate change. In a sense, the adoption of sectorial approaches within the negotiations could, in fact, facilitate technology development, adoption of best available technologies across regions between the developed and developing countries. So, remember that 2008 financial crisis we have, everyone? Bev, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Obama became president. Yeah. The economy was down. Everyone was losing their houses and jobs. Yeah, these people yeah. created that. Why? Because yeah. they they needed to cause a calamity so they could implement some of their <clears throat> um, some of their technology. So, of course, what was Obama saying? The way out of this crisis is we have to invest in wind. We have to invest in solar power, right? We have to invest <laughs> in everything. Was talking about all this. Green energy, these green jobs all of a sudden, right? That was the talk. You know, that was what they were pushing, okay? So when we talk green technologies, right, we're talking about vertical farming. Um, that That's pretty much like a lot of the weed grow houses. But um, all these all these businesses now, they, they don't farm. All the farming isn't done on these huge tracts of land. You know, it's done indoors in buildings. You know what I'm saying? It's just going up. It's vertical. You know, each floor, you could take the Empire State Building and make each floor into its own its own garden. You right. know what I'm saying? And grow right. tomatoes on one floor. So vertical gardens. Um, green burials. This blew my mind. Green burials. So they want to... Let me, let me read this one. 
this one here. I mean, I, I never heard of nothing like this. So, um, sure, you can be as green as you would like to while you're alive, but what about when your environment, your environmental impact after you're dead? A new green market for sustainable burials has blossomed to help counter the carbon-intensive and chemical-filled methods currently employed. You can now be buried with everything from a mushroom death suit to a biodegradable casket to sands embalming. Okay, embalming you with um, vegetable um, material, right? And other approaches such as take your ashes and put them into a real a leaf ball, right? And um, start to restore the coral ecosystem. So they have these mushroom suits that they put bury people in. So when they bury the suit now, just disintegrates. You know what I'm saying? And um, they they have um, these biodegradable caskets. So it looks like a casket, and it might last about six years, and then it just becomes part of the dirt, and your body's just in the dirt now. You know, until you essentially decay. Or they could embalm you with this vegetable material as opposed to embalming fluid. Uh, of course, the embalming fluid, I thought, was to preserve the body, to preserve the body, you know, during the death process, you know. But the vegetable material won't preserve the body, you know. Either way, uh, another thing that they came out with as part of this green technology is LED lighting. Uh, all of a sudden, one day, you go to the Home Depot and there's no more regular light bulbs. It's all these LED bulbs, right? Everywhere in the world, mm-hmm. it's white lights, you know. Okay, and I don't, buy, I don't buy them. Yeah, I know. I, I try not to, too. Uh, but it's getting harder and harder to find the regular, you know, old-school light bulb. And when you do find them, they don't last that long. It's like they last two weeks and they're gone. It's like... What did they do to this? You know, this thing used to last years. And, but, yeah, better lighting, they call it. Um, LED is a potential weapon, as we know. Um, it, it's also um, able to create premises where, let's just say um, you're in a region in Africa where you have um, malaria. So you could essentially put the LED light in a in a way where it will attract the 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 mosquitoes to the um to the people, right? Because if you ever notice, if you look at a light, isn't that where all the mosquitoes fly around the light? You know, until they see you and then they come flying by you. These they the LED lights attract them more. So in, in um Africa right now in the major cities, being that they're only using LED lights, malaria is going up because it's attracting the bugs. Okay? Widespread decomposting. And that has been a huge push for, for everyone to start decomposting now, right? Uh, take your, 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 your um, leaves and stuff and decompose. Somebody got to mute themselves. We can hear all that noise in the background. Okay, go ahead, Tuckmo. No problem, no problem. Um, so, yeah, the, um, they're pushing the Environmental Protection Agency is pushing decomposting your trash, decomposting your your your, your um, leaves, your, you know, all the stuff in your yard now, as opposed to throwing it out. 
And once again, also with the decomposting, you can add in the rampant recycling they want everyone to go to. It takes me 20 minutes to throw my trash out there. I got to throw this in cans and this in bottles and this in styrofoam. And this. Okay, then you got batteries. Um, batteries is also one of the green technologies. Battery-operated houses. How about that? When you don't pay for um, gas and electric, you don't pay for oil, you know, your your house is operated by two batteries. You know, one works 12 hours, then it recharges, while the other one kicks on. It works 12 hours, then it recharges, and you got a 24-hour cycle, 24 cycle of energy using batteries, right? All part of the green. This is all technologies that are coming out of depopulation, just to let everyone know. Renewable energy at home, solar panels is part of this, um, those... um. You know, wind things, those big wind things you see everywhere um, that's supposed to be able to harness energy and send it back to your house and all of those things. It's all part of that. The offshore wind tunneling um, is part of this green technology. Uh, reusable rockets like Tesla has, like um, SpaceX has, the rocket flies up, lets off whatever satellite into space, and then it lands on a platform in the middle of the ocean by itself. Um, Drought-tolerant crops, that's your GMO, coming out of this green technology. And the last one is um, green vehicles, which we call smart cars, your Tesla, all these battery-operated cars they have coming out. All this stuff is funded by the Club of Budapest. Excuse me, the Club of Madrid. Okay, so they they have a lot of money. Um, When you talk about depopulation, we're talking about vaccines, GMOs, pesticides, endocrine disrupting um, disrupting chemicals, geoengineering and chemtrails, electromagnetic frequencies, engineered war, false flag terror attacks, diet and veganism. Of course, we have the blue light, the SSRIs, Okay, alcohol, weed, coke, dope, engineered poverty. Okay. Also we have um climate change, right? This is this is what they're pushing. Right? This is this is all the depopulation program. Okay, chemical and biological. How many people have died from these man made diseases all of a sudden? Ebola pops up. All of a sudden, we had a whole 80s with HIV and AIDS, and it don't even hardly exist anymore. You hardly see it. You know what I'm saying? Um, the endocrine disrupted. Um, they had us drinking all this out of these bottles um, with um, this plastic that was messing with our hormones. Okay? Not to mention all of the, the SSRIs, all the pills they're giving us that are endocrine um, disruptors. Okay? Vaccines, we, we know for years that the vaccines has all types of stuff in it. It's killing people. It's giving people autism. You know, a lot of people in Africa, they have Ebola until they took the Ebola vaccine. Now they get it. Every time I take the flu shot, I, I used to have to take it at the hospital, I would get the flu. Uh, I would just take the shot and take call out the next three days, you know what I'm saying, because it might as well. Um, medicine. They got everybody in the country on some type of drug. And we know the drugs are killing us slow. It's either, you know, killing your liver, your kidneys, 
You know what I'm saying? Whatever. To treat one ailment, they're giving you another one. So you got the medicines. Um, of course, opioids. People taking up painkillers ended up being strung out on it. Right? We also have the genetically modified food, okay, which we know is causing homosexuality because it's messing with people's hormones. It's all estrogen filled. It's all estrogen based. Sterilizing people, okay, deforestation. I mean, we see a forest fire every week. Deforestation, abortion, okay. I think um, they said over 70 million black babies were aborted. Uh, mandated but sexual you know, education. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Now, I'm just saying, you know, they do all of this, and if they could get rid of the population, they would have been able to get rid of of us and in the population. But we are we are mutants. We mutate. Look at the little girl. I call her a little girl, but the one that's the gymnast, the black girl. And I mean, she's breaking mm-hmm. all records it is. She bow. was a crack baby. Some old bow. Yeah, yeah, she was a crack baby. Mm-hmm. But we are mutants. I don't care what they throw out there, what they give us, we mutate. And they know that. Yeah, melanin. We got, a, we got another on. person on it. Yeah. Conductive. Oh, uh, let me just say this though, yeah. um, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's a book called um, Medical Apartheid. Um, very mm-hmm. good book. Everyone should get it. I believe the last name of the writer is Washington. In that book, um, they did a 20 year study on what they call crack babies. And they studied okay. them as opposed to babies that weren't crack babies. And they found mm-hmm. out that the crack baby thing was a myth. It, they had no mm-hmm. learning disabilities. It was no difference in IQ, no difference in abilities to perform tasks. The only difference they had was they didn't have the discipline growing up because they had a parent that was on drugs that the other parent, other kids did. So they acted a little bit different, you know, because they had a little bit more home discipline and things like that. But as far as learning and, and any abilities, there was no difference. You know, they, so that was like a... Now, a, a now who wrote, who wrote that study? I believe it's... Her name is Harrietta Washington. And the study was done, I believe, from 1980 to 2003, something like that. And it was done by a black doctor at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital in New York City. It was a brother mm-hmm. who was who was born... Supposedly a crack baby, so he wanted to disprove that, and he he went through through um, taking IQs and all these other things of children all throughout the city who had who were born addicted to crack cocaine and those who weren't, and he found that there was no difference as far as brain ability and learning. He said, but there was a difference in behavior, and he equated that to the fact that they were. You know, they didn't have a parent that was as attentive as a, t- a parent who wasn't on drugs. That's what they they equated that to. Well, I had an auntie that, I mean, she's still living, but that's what she did. She worked with crack babies. And, I mean, they, if, if, if you had two uh, daycares and you had the quote-unquote so-called normal children and then you had these crack babies over here, it was a difference. Because they had the different energies, they they did. They was almost like uh, 
what we call retarded a little bit or slow, or some of them was fast. And a lot of the environment did have a lot to do with it because she could tell what was going on at home while the, the, the behavior of certain children, because, you know, if you're being molested, you gonna, the child don't know, they're going to show. Another child, she say, would cuss you out. So that means somebody in the house was cussing. But, you know, yeah, he was right. But she was saying that you, it, it was, you could tell that the, the chemicals that they were taking did have some form of effect on them. Hello. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, well, I you know I like I've never worked with the children. Um, and you know what? And I've heard that before because my mother was a school teacher, and she when I told her because I I read the book like maybe three years ago, so you okay. know when I told her, man, this book said this, and she was like, man, you crazy, you know. But right. um, you know, as, as far as what he the testing that he gave them a IQ test and things of that nature, there was no difference. But he did say it was a behavioral difference, you know, but he equated, like I said, he equated it to the, their lack of discipline at home, um, which could have been the, the behavioral difference is where, you know, it could be as a result of the crack, you know, but as far as their brain capacity, it was no difference, you know. Um, Maybe Either so, way, I just, I, I, you know. I just added that because, you know, they gave us, our people, that stigma. For so many years, you know, crack babies and, you know, and it was like something was wrong with us. So I was, when I saw that, it made me like, wow, they lied to us all these years. It wasn't no different. No, I don't, no. I don't believe, I don't believe his study. I mean, I, it, it could be true, but you just got to talk to people that have been around these crack babies and been around these, look at family members who their parents, their mother is on crack was on crack, and look how they reacted when they grew up. You know, take our own survey. Mm-hmm. Can I That's open the line now? Absolutely. Okay. 502 341 502 Yes, greetings. Uh, this is Amon D.C. Greetings. I'm good. M H D C. What's up, brother? Yes, sir. How you doing? Yes, sir. It's good to talk to you too. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention, you know, chemtrails. I I follow that. Um, but I just wanted to uh, say, I don't know if well, global warming because that chemtrails is all about a lot of that's about global warming. Um, but I don't know if you, I there was an an article, and I don't know if it's credible or not. But there was an article talking about somewhere in Europe they were suggesting eating humans <laughs> as an alternative source of meat uh, so that you don't have to raise cows. Um, and like I said, I don't know how credible that source was, but um, it might be interesting if you want to check that out, if I could find it again. Um, and I also, kind of, I kind of believe it. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Like green. and it was a couple of people saying it. Mm-hmm. A couple of these white folks. Um, oh, oh, and the other thing I was just going to say is, um, so they like dog I meat. I uh, say it again. So you know they like dog meat, right? 
Um, yeah, they were talking about eating. So they were talking about eating. They were talking about eating dead people. Like after the person dies, you eat them. But 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 really, like that's um, that really they're talking about just killing people and eating them. Uh, but I, I think the in the the way it was written is they were talking about dead people. You know, after they're dead, then you eat them soon or something like that. Um, but I wanted to say that uh, white people they are legitimately concerned about the earth warming up and that this isn't like a, um, this isn't one of the, the tricks like, well now, now I agree with you that like all the technology that comes from it, like that's, um, that's not going to solve this global warming thing or whatever that is. And um, well, let me just say, it's not going to solve the temperature raising and it's, um, but it is going to kill us, um, it, you know, as it continues. But, and, and as um, you were mentioning in a text, um, and you and I, uh, Thomas, we speak a lot, or we, we have, and um, um, you said in a text that um, global, or that the chemtrails uh, isn't um, like a top priority for black people. I think that's, um, I'm rephrasing what you were saying, but, I would say that now maybe that's not the top thing that's killing us, but that's the top technique that white people are using to keep themselves alive and that we should, we should either validate what I'm saying or, or invalidate what I'm saying because I think it's true. White people are, are blocking the sun for a reason. They're blocking it because they're going to die if they don't. And I've heard people say that uh, if, if they stop the – airplanes from flying, the regular ones, not the ones that dump the chemicals that you can see, the obvious chemtrail dump, dumping, those airplanes, not those, if the regular commercial planes stop flying um, and, and the, um, the factories stop, um, stop functioning for just a few days, all the chemicals will fall out of the air. All of the aerosols will fall out of the air and the temperature would immediately increase I can't, I can't tell you how much, but it would increase to such a level that a whole lot of people would die. I mean, a whole lot of white people in particular because they're albinos. But uh, So I just wanted to uh, put that in. Okay, thank you. Well, yeah, that's good. Well, thank and you, and if, you up in the, if you up in the airplane, you know, you and looking out the window, you could kind of tell the difference between the clouds and and whatever that is, the chemtrails that they because it, it it's a difference. The, whatever that white mass that they had, did you that notice line, that yeah. when you was up in the in the plane last yeah, year? Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that, and MHDC and I spoke about that before because he took a plane flight somewhere and he was saying how he was flying above the chemtrails and looking down on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Let me get into the Tim Trill part of this because that's, that's where I was leading to with depopulation because it had me thinking, what is the one thing that all people need and share? And it's the air. We all mm-hmm. need and share the same air, right? So the purpose mm-hmm. of chemtrails, chemtrails are, are a huge logistical operation larger than the Hoover Dam, the transatlantic pipeline, the land, moon, and 
the moon landing rather. Um, it's a large and expensive, but it's a to me it's a, more than one reason for chemtrailing. You know, uh, to just limit it to blocking out the sun is where I think uh, where, where we um, and I um, where we kind of put ourselves into a box with it, right? So uh, I'm gonna name about five or six reasons. Okay, now of course blocking the sun. Um, you know, to create global warming or in their way of saying stop global warming, to um, block out the sun, to reduce sunlight across the planet so that they can thrive, um, to reduce the temperature of the planet because it's heating up, uh, to um, create um, earthquakes and hurricanes and things like, like that. That's also part of it. It works in tandem with HARP and other things. Um, to cause health erosion, um, to compromise people's immune systems. You know, uh, people are getting sicker now at a younger age, you know, um, with, with cancers and things like that. All of a sudden, where did that come from? You know, um, climate modification, right, to hurt crops or to grow crops, to keep the skies clear or to make the skies dirty. But what came down... Uh, in my research in D.C., the number one reason for chemtrail was nanofiber propagation. The universe to universally to universally install bio APIs, and everyone they need to spray these nanofibers. These fibers cannot be put into the food supply. They can't be given to the people any other way. You have to breathe them in, or they have to go through your bloodstream. Right, so then you can get into this thing called smart dust. Okay, um, and the article is entitled "Smart Smart Dust: The Future of Involuntary Treatment of the Public." Uh, can you guys hold on one second, please? I'm sorry, I'm getting a call from my okay. mother. I just want to make sure my grandmother's okay. okay. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Somebody else that's on the line here. That's part of the. Um Round table, if you have something to say uh, about what Tugmos has been talking about or anything else, if you want to chime in while we're waiting for him to come back. But um, I think he's bringing forth a lot of <clears throat> great information. Um, yeah. And to, and to me, uh, this all seems like a master plan to um, – Basically, they're trying to figure out how to exist without the sun, um, whether that be um, – one thing I like to point out is the movie oh, uh, Wally. Sorry. I thought that was my mother, but that mm-hmm. was my daughter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, brother. I didn't hear what you were oh, saying. Did, did you want to go ahead and finish, uh, finish your breakdown, brother? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, Smart Dust. The name of the title is Smart Dust, The Future of Involuntary – treatment of the public okay um so you know smart dust what does that sound like you know smart dust is a name given to extremely small computing particle or you could call it an rfid chip that is very 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 small and it's a very very expensive and um expensive technology and the term smart dust originally referred to a miniature wireless semiconductor device made of fabrications 
and techniques derived from microelectric in, my, the microelectronic industry. These devices incorporate sensing, computing, and communications in a, a semi-symmetrical size package. Okay? The concept of smart dust emerged from the workshop at Rand. This is the Rand Corporation in 1992. And as a series of DARPA ISAP study in the mid-90s due to a partial and potential military application of this technology, the work is strongly influenced by UCLA and the University of Michigan. Okay? So these smart dust, these are little tiny particles I'm talking about in 19, I mean, in the year 2002, these things was 0. 0.003 of a millimeter by 0. 0.003 of a millimeter. It's 2000. We're going on 2020. So if you could look at your cell phone in 2002, then look at your cell phone now. You can see how much more advanced your cell phone is. So imagine how much more advanced these chips are and how much smaller they are. Okay. Um, in fact, if you put it on your finger, you wouldn't even see it. Um, the central historical player in this industry is Japan's military industrial complex. Hitachi developed some of the smallest smart dust particles ever disclosed to the public. It was 0 0.4 by 0 0.4. This was 2001. Michigan's was 0 0.3 by 0 0.3. In 2002, so you could imagine they're probably not, you can't even see them anymore. They're micro. Uh, considering how far back this technology goes, how small the smallest smart dust is today, it's hard to tell. But you could imagine how small it really is. The University of Stuttgart paper published in Natural Platonics, scientists describe the tiniest 3D printed lens that show up to make the super sharp images. Each lens is about 120 millionths of a meter in diameter, roughly the size of a table grain of salt, and each 3D printed in one piece, so there's no complexity to making them. So they're making little cameras that's smaller than even what I'm talking about, the size of a grain of salt. These things can go in your body so they can take pictures. This is the future of what they're saying is... um going to be healing you, right? Injecting smart dust in a person's brain by endoscopy, medical imaging less evasive, makes medical imaging less evasive. Using bacteria encapsulated in a ecospun nanofiber to treat water and rich soil for crops is being discussed as well. In the powerful economic institution such as Israel's Institute of Technology, Geoengineering researchers suspect that tiny metallic-looking particles found in chemtrail spraying may form maybe forms of smart dust. So this smart dust they've been putting in the chemtrails. This is what the Israel Institute of Technology says. People theorize that the smart dust may be sprayed on us, or similar technology may be forced, forcibly administered to take control of the human body. Some question whether Gwen Towers, Gwen Towers, G-W-E-N, anyone with the internet, look up what a Gwen Tower is 
press one and tell me what it looks like. Could be used in conjunction with smart dust type technology. Please look up what a wind tower is and tell me what it looks like. So this, what we talked about here is smart dust. In the article, Israel says that they put it inside of the chemtrails. It's a tiny RFID chip that are able to go inside the human body and move around and even has cameras. Okay, that's what they're saying. Then we could go to another article called All Terrain Microbots Moves by Tumbling Over Complex Topography. Okay? All Terrain Microbots Move Over by Tumbling Over Complex Topography. This is from Purdue University. And this is from 2018. A new type of all terrain microbot moves by tumbling could help ushers could help usher in tiny machines for various applications. The micro scale magnetic tumbling robots or UTUM or microtum is about four hundred by eight hundred micron or millimeter or millionths of a meter, smaller than the head of a pin. A continuously rotating magnetic field propels the microbot end over end sideways tumbling motion, which helps the microbots traverse uneven surfaces, even bumps and trenches as they form a motion. So these little things if you go go to the if you go to the article, they got pictures of them. These little things are moving on their own. They're moving over grass. They got it moving over sand. They got it moving up trees. They got it moving all around. These things can, I mean, if, 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 they, if they threw a bunch of them in your face, you wouldn't even know or feel them. They're so small, you know, smaller than a grain of dirt, you know, smaller than a grain of soil. Like they said, smaller than a pin tip. And they show a picture of it. You could fit about two of them inside of the U. On a penny, they're called U-tones, okay? They're capable of traversing complex terrains, both dry and wet environments. The flat, roughly dumbbell-shaped microbots is made of a polymer, has two magnetic ends. One magnetic midsection might be used to carry cargo, such as medication, because the bot function in wet environments it has the potential as a biometrical application, meaning that they could put it in your body now, and instead of it just going in your bloodstream and floating around, now they can control it. They say, let's put a, about five of these to the heart and um, just have them um, rip a hole through it, you know? Drug delivery microbots might be used in conjunction with ultrasounds to guide them to their destination in the body. Researchers studied the machine performance as well as traversing inclines a steep uh, as steep as 60 degrees, demonstrated impressive climbing could be capabilities through both wet and dry environments. The ability to climb is important because surfaces in the human body are complex, Guck says. They're bumpy and sticky. The movement will allow them to move through the human body. Okay? Now, these little things is in the chemtrails. But they put these little things in the chemtrails for. I mean, of course, they're blocking out the sun. But we're breathing this stuff in. It has to come down. You know what I'm saying? So 
Um, then you start to find this. Now, this this blew my mind because I worked at the hospital, and I would go to these rooms, and I would hate when I had to do rooms because you know I was healthcare, environmental services, and I, I you know I my job was to do the operating room, you know. But when somebody called out, or if we were short-handed, or if somebody was overworked and they needed some help, you know, they would beat me and say, hey, I need you to handle a room because, you know, we have a person that's being discharged or whatever. We have an intake, so I would have to go and knock that room out real quick, you know, drop whatever I was doing. So um, when I got to the room and they would have a brown sign up, that meant that you had this disease called C. death, right? And I never thought nothing of it. You know, C-Def room, I'll just be like, damn. So that means I got to put on a hazmat suit now, cover my feet, cover my whole body, cover my head because it has a hood on it. Then I got to put the mask on, right? And then I would have to, of course, put my gloves on. Then I would have to go in that room and take the curtain down first. Take down the curtain. Put them in a plastic bag, tie that plastic bag up trash. Go get brand new curtains. Now I got to take that whole hazmat suit off, everything off, throw it in the trash, go get a, a new curtain, get back to that room, go put a brand new hazmat suit and shoes and everything else on, go back inside that room, and I would have to start spraying everything with bleach. Now we usually use this Virex chemical that two, killed 256 different diseases. Doesn't work on CDAP. The only thing that kills it is bleach. So you would have this special Clorox. I have to spray every part of the room with this. Then I would have to wipe it all down. The bed, you spray it with the, the bleach too. Clean the bed. Then you put new sheets on it. Then I hang up the new curtains. Right? You know, mop the floor, everything, you know, with this with bleach. Everything has to be done with bleach because they have sea death. Right, and huge percentage of people with it die, right? But it's so contagious. Well, where did this sea death come from? Okay, it says um, clostridiasis difficile infection. Okay, is known as sea death. It's a symptomatic infection due to the spore-forming bacterium close to size difficile. Symptoms include watery diarrhea, fever, nausea, and abdominal pain. It makes about 20% of cases of antibiotic-associated diarrhea. Complications may include pneumonia, colitis, toxic megacolon, perforation of the colon, and sepsis. Okay? And then... Listen, this, these people would have diarrhea. If that diarrhea got on your hand, you was pretty much a goner, okay? You was done. That's why we had to have the suit on. Couldn't get none of this on our body. This C-Death didn't exist. When I'm doing the research, it's one of the chemicals they put inside the chemtrail. I said, wait a minute. That comes from the chemtrail? So this chemical never existed before. This disease or, you know, bacterium, all of a sudden now it's popping up everywhere in the hospital. 
And it's one of the two mega bugs, one of the two super bugs that they just came out with an article about saying there's no cure for. Okay, the other one is called Canidia avoris. It's a species of fungus first described in 2009, which grows as a yeast. Now, this fungus just pops up on the scene in 2009. Just, I mean, come on, think about that. This earth been here for just like years. Eight. A fungus. Just like eggs, just like that sea death, just mm-hmm. pops up on the scene in the 2000s, mm-hmm. right? Few species of the genus Canidia, which is caused Canidias in humans, often require hospital by patients with weakened immune system. Okay, what this thing does is it turns your tongue white. This mm-hmm. your whole tongue will be white or yellow. All your taste buds will be gone. Okay, and there's no disease for this fungus. It also um, goes through your each your toenails and your fingernails, right? You won't have no more toenails or fingernails. You just have toes and fingers, okay? And another thing that just pops up, oh, of course, this canadius, or, you know, um, this fungus um, comes from the chemtrails. People breathing this in, now they get this fungus, you know? And another thing, the last thing I'm going to add is, and uh, most people have heard of this, Dr. Blair used always talk about more gelins. Okay? And let me tell you something. This more gelins disease, people have skin with plastic growing in their skin. Now how did you get plastic growing in your skin? Okay, it's two types of more gelins. It's really three types. You got the horn, you got the claw, uh, wait, you uh, got the teeth. Talk more. Talk mm-hmm. more. Hold on for one minute. I don't want to stop you, but I just want to tell the people that's listening on the internet, you can call in, and, and at the top of the hour, we we go into the phones only. And so the call-in number is 323-642-1586. So uh, if you want to continue to hear the uh, information, call in through your phone. Go ahead. Very good information. Yes. Thank you, Bavon. And please call in, press 1. Morgellons is a controversial and poorly understood condition which unusual threads of fiber appear under the skin. The patient usually feels like something is crawling, biting, or stinging them all over. Some medical experts say Morgellons is a physical illness. Others suggest it's a type of psychosis caused by delusional parasitis in which people think parasites have infected their skin. So these people got plastic fibers growing out of their skin. And the dermatologist is saying, oh, man, you you must be imagining things. You know, you're a psychological patient. You know, you, you're supposed to ignore that you got these lumps all under your skin, all up and down your arm or leg, that if you hold your skin and press it tight, you'll see the lumps. But, you know, you can feel them but the average eye won't see them. And then when they go and they go under the skin and they pull this lump out, it's this plastic fiber. And they're telling you you're imagining things that you feel like stuff is crawling all over you and stuff. Your doctor may call it an unexplained dermopathy, which means the skin condition occurs without any known reason. Other medical physicians, professionals have dubbed the condition a fiber disease. Okay, where do fibers come? Fibers not natural. Um, suddenly, 
um, they, they leave sores, um, red scars, right? Um, some patients have reported fibers stuffed through their skin. People with more gelins sometimes complain of other symptoms like difficulty paying attention and concentrating, extremely fatigued, hair loss, joint and muscle pain, nervous system problems, toothlessness, sleep problems, short-term memory loss. All is part of this Magellan's, right? Treatment for Magellan's is known to is no cure for Magellan's. Treating medical or psychiatric problems occurs sometimes. Uh, Magellan's symptoms in patients are never cured. Okay, so like C. death, there ain't no cure for C. death either. And guess what? It's no cure for that calamitous fungus, and it's no cure for Magellan's. But the Magellan's, if you Google Magellan's, Put it in your Google, and then go to images. And I got this from the brother on um, Crumb TV. Go to go to images. So put more gelins, M-O-R-G-E-L-L-O-N-S, right? Just put it in Google, and when it opens up, hit images, and then look at the top. It's going to say nanoparticle, chemtrails more gelin. See, this is, this is all in the chemtrails. These Morgellons, this fungus, a bacteria, they don't even know how to call it. This stuff didn't exist, you know what I'm saying, 10 years ago. So the CDC just put out a report this week, and you can find this article. CDC reports identifies two potential deadly superbugs. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued a new report Wednesday, one is superbugs are resistant to antibiotics that have killed nearly twice as many people as they previously thought. One is called C. deficile. I just read what that is with the doodle everywhere. The other one is Canidia auroris. That's the fungus. Well, those come from chemtrails. They can't figure out where they come from, but they can't be cured. Um, they're coming from the sky, coming right down on us, and no one's figuring it out. You know what I'm saying? Now, just to show you how advanced they are with this um, nanobiology, right? It says, this robot, this is the name of the article. This robot is like a chauffeur for slow sperm. Okay? So, um, I'm not going to read the article. I'm just going to explain. Men who have a low sperm count they can get these little nanobots injected in them, right? Um, and what they do is they go straight to the to the to the um, to the testicles, and when you have sex and you ejaculate within the woman, what they do is they they go to the they attach themselves to the tail of the sperm and pushes them through fats, so that it's it, you know so it, it'll it'll be able to make one of them get to the ovaries for them, you know, so that they can, you know, being that you don't have enough to really get there, it'll make sure that you get some there, you know. And what's happening is a lot of people are having twins and triplets and all types of things because, but this they, they don't say what happens to this nanobot once it gets there. Is that part of the new baby, you know? So, you know, um, another article that just came out today, DARPA seeks militarized microbes so it can be spread to, to genetically modified bacteria. 
DARPA seeks militarized microbes so it can spread genetically modified bacteria. Is C. death a medical uh, genetically modified bacteria? I mean, it just popped up on the scene in the 2000s. How does a bacteria in, in a planet this old just pop up on the scene like it's normal? Okay, and it's all over the hospital I worked at, so I would imagine all the hospitals have C. death forms and things. Okay, um, so what they're saying is they're using this genetically modified bacteria. Uh, well, let me just say, P- Pentagon's DARPA, DARPA is behind a lot of stuff. And just to let you know, I didn't get a chance to last show. I was supposed to talk about Harper. See, DARPA has a twin called Harper. President Trump just made it a, the law to have this Harper. DARPA stands for Defense Advanced Rapid, I mean, excuse me, Defense Advanced Research Project Association Agency. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Okay? HARPA stands for Health Advanced Research Projects Agency. Okay? And he claimed that under this HARPA, they'll be able to tell if someone's going to be a mass shooter before they start the mass shooting. So they don't have to take away people's um, they, They'll be able to use this To take away people's uh, Ability to own a firearm Using this Harper Health Advanced Research Come on You know what I'm saying Like you want these people dealing with your health Okay so the Pentagon's doctor Wants us to be able to spread genetically modified Bacteria as explosive Sensors the U.S. government could very well be looking at a militarized microbes. So once again, microbes is these little spores, the same things that I'm talking about this Margellans and stuff is. But they're claiming, oh, no, we, you know, we're using it for another reason. Yeah, right. But they have two strings. One is going to detect the presence of explosives in a buried underground. So if, if you put this on the ground, they'll be able to tell if explosives is under the ground, and how it does that will be the second um, strain. There's two strains. One would sense that it's underground, and the other one, by the, what the sensor is, it will shine a glowing light. So the whole ground will just start glowing, so you'll know to stay away from that ground right there because it's a, a mine or something under it. You know, but they have to implement this from airplanes. They have to spray it down so it gets to the ground, you know, to, so it can help the military, you know, I guess not walk on mines and things. But um, I'm just saying that the um, the, the chemtrails um, blocking out the sun is one thing, but it's to me it's much more effective if they have something inside of it because it has to come down. What goes up must come down, and then we're breathing this in. Uh, like in the case of Morgellons, it's just latching onto your skin and somehow using claws or teeth able to get into your skin, and the Morgellons is able to reproduce itself once it's inside of your body. Those that don't get to your bloodstream, they just sit on your skin or under your skin, and you're claiming you're itching and all this stuff, and the doctor's telling you you're crazy. And you you can see it there, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's, that's this is going to be the number one way they're going to depopulate the world, is through these... Um, Chemtrails containing these um, microbots, these microbes, and all types of things that we're breathing in, 
you know, we're ingesting them and all types of things, not even knowing, you know, eat outside for lunch, you know, you're eating your sandwich and one of them just land on your sandwich and it's so small you don't see it. And next thing you know, you're swallowing that thing and it's down in your stomach now. And now they could control it. It could move up and down through sticky surfaces, through wet surfaces, through dry surfaces. It's, it's you know, it, well, they, they have so much technology to it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Beth. But they showed they showed that on on the Matrix. You know, when remember when it had got inside of Neo and they had to pull it out. That yes, was in there. Yes. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, and aliens, uh, uh, aliens. Mm-hmm. even though that's much bigger, but, you know, all of a sudden you're sick and then a, a little thing pops out of you and everybody got to run from it, you know? Right, right. They also, <clears throat> they also showed it in the Matrix where um, the people were being liquefied and they were fed back to the other people. Mm-hmm. Wow, yep, yeah, they were. They were they were actually like living off of the people, man. The mm-hmm. babies, right? Wasn't it babies? It was whoever whoever um expired. <laughs> babies, adults, the old, the elderly. It didn't matter. Wow. And then that what they it talking did. about, then you just say that they wanted to eat us after we uh died and somebody just said that. Yeah, that was what yeah. they wanted to eat. Soylent Green, uh, you know, they got a whole movie out about that, a utopia where, you know, they had some kind of new food and they called it Soylent Green and it turned out to be people. Um, Also, I mean, what it seems to me, it seems like a master plan of, excuse me, being able to control people in a closed system. So, um, because they can't, live in the sun they need um they're working on technology to be able to sustain themselves in a closed system whether it be underground whether it be on a um a space station or you know you have them tell it you know in outer space and to me that's what you know the movie wally was about you know all the people were living in a confined space they were being kept happy they were drugged, they were fed, you know, they were fat and lethargic fat. and lethargic and but they were controllable, you know. So the computer was pretty much running the whole show. So and and that's what we got going on now. And if anybody gets out of line, you know, even the uh the machines, they had them they had them decommissioned or, or reprogrammed with the help of other Peace machines. Brother. Peace, peace. Peace, family. Peace. Peace, Thomas. What's going on? What's up, Hello. brother? How you doing, man? What's up, Ross? I'm all right. I'm all right. Good day, uh, Beth. Listen, I just wanted to hop on what um, my brother here was just saying, which also goes to what, Thomas, you asked us to look up or someone to look up the uh, Gwen Towers. Yeah. Just yes, a sir. few minutes ago. Right, so I'm looking up the Gwen Towers, and first mm-hmm. of all, for those that don't know, the Gwen Towers are these what I would have assumed when I'm on a road on the highways, I would have thought these were 5G towers. They but are, yes, I, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, cell but phone they're towers. more than that. So, they're, they're what um, 
when I clicked images, I'm, I'm seeing a whole bunch of different images. One image got captions on it that says, uh, if you knew what these were, you would tear every single one of them. Uh, this is a weapon authorities use to control population. It's a microwave transponder and receiver. They can read your mind with this. Google mind control technology used by secret services. And that's what they're saying is a twin tower. These big things that you see on the highway and these things that uh, sometimes even they disguise as trees, you know. Mm-hmm. They, can control, they can control these nanobots that's inside of the, they're already there. They have military installation. So, and they look exactly like the 5G towers. I was like, no, this is the 5G. But these are yeah. these have been there for years. And I guess, you know, they're, they're one every 150, I think they say kilometers or miles from each other for it to work. And total, they work through the chemtrails. One, you got to put clouds over the area so they could, could communicate with each other. And then they will be able to control, you know, um, whatever chip they put inside of you. I was like, no. Oh man! Right. But, yeah, so. but what about if you don't have the what about if you don't have the chemtrails? Because I'm not seeing them like I used to see them. And you know, ever since I heard that Trump put an end to the chemtrails or did something in my area, they're not as plentiful like they used to be. Well, I cannot say okay. I was looking out my window. Just earlier today, I seen the strangest. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I seen something literally okay. straight up into the sky. It was a trail. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going across the sky. It was literally shooting out. Up. How this happened? I did the physics don't make sense. How I was watching this thing. It looked like it was going straight up out of the atmosphere, but then somehow, I I can't explain this thing, man. But it was a long trail like a rack, in the direction like a it was going. Like a rocket, yeah, it was going straight upward. I've never seen this before. I've seen many trails going across the sky. I yesterday I seen one that was going straight up, but then somehow the trail still was able to pass over me. After a while, after about thirty minutes or so, I look back outside. I'm like, is it now the trail? It was just something crazy. I don't know. The physics was was, was just not there. But um, can I just throw something else in? Um, here's another picture that uh, of the Gwen Towers. Caption reads, heat waves artificially created by electromagnetic radiation. And on the image, it got 5G, and at the bottom it says HARP, H-A-A-R-P, HARP. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is, of course, these towers, Letting off, setting off the electromagnetic radiation. So this quote unquote global warming is could be as well, you know, started from all these electromagnetic waves that we call 4G and 5G and wireless communication. You know, this club of Rome and you know club of Budapest, club of Madrid. They said they're going to create the problem. You know what I'm saying? And they're yeah. going to make it. They're going to make us think we're the problem. You know, and yeah, the Gwen Towers is in that article. And when I, like you said, when you look at it, it looks like the 5G. Because I said, oh, damn, I see these. These are the 5G towers. But then when I looked a little further and I was reading it, I was like, damn, these been here since 
for a minute. They've been And there's all images around. here that specifically say these are not 5G towers. Mm-hmm. They're worse. They're not, yeah, way worse. And they're all over the place. They show maps where they're uh, just literally littered all over the country. Yeah, you can see them when you drive, and you can see them, too. They're everywhere, everywhere. And if and they hide them behind you. You know, I see many that disguise as trees. Why would they do that? What's the mm-hmm. point in that? Mm-hmm. You see it, right? So, and what I'm noticing is when I'm looking at China, like I said, they got a, their 5G intact. I'm like, damn, their 5G don't look like our 5G. So, are they putting grid towers everywhere or are they putting 5G up? Now you got a question because they're saying the 5G don't work. Well, maybe because you didn't put it up. Y'all put up wind towers everywhere. What's their plan, you know? So um, it's, it's very interesting. When I when I looked at that, I said, oh, shoot, this looks familiar. You know, I, I personally think the wind towers is going to do everything that – and it's been there. So that's the scary part. It's been there. Exactly. But uh, uh, the, um, you just didn't pay attention to it. But I think the Gwen Towers is going to do everything that we think the 5G is going to do. The 5G is just going to be the surveillance. Because depopulation and surveillance are hand in hand. They're going to surveil who, you know, how are they going to know the depopulate? They got it. It's going to be like a, a fine-tooth comb. You know, they're going to depopulate this area, you know, of poor people. And I'm not just talking blacks. And this area of People who live in the same city won't have any of those problems, you know. It's going to be strategically done, um, you know, at least in my in my opinion. Um, Brother so Thomas. We got, yes, sir. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I think it is just the, the manifestation of a plan that's already been in the process. Um, they're just moving from chemical to more technological uh, means of discriminating who to eliminate um, because I think before they understood uh, the true link, uh, as you alluded to before, that um, genetically uh, we are the parents or the melanated being is the parent of the recessive. So chemically they can't truly target the parent without also affecting um, all those that come after the parent you know, which further dwindles their numbers. But with this technology, they can rely less on chemical and, and target more on through technology uh, being able to attack, uh, whether it be just, like you said, you know, the coming together of material to, to burst a heart or some other particular kind of, um, uh, I don't know, uh, chemical marker, which that may be what they're putting in the food. Uh, you know, just a particular chemical marker that's going to react once it gets into the body with these different nanite technology or, you know, the um, different diseases that you were going over to eliminate specific uh, populations in general. So, you know, it's like the longer we wait and the more technologically uh, advanced they get, again, which Sister Bev alluded to, that we are providing for them, we're putting ourselves in a, in a, in a dire situation. But what what do our body do when we have a foreign object that come when we get a virus 
without the technology? What what do our body do? Our body, our defenses go up, you know. That's when we get the fever. That's when it tries to burn it out. And so, you know, we always been under attack with these different viruses. They just took it to another level. Well, Sister Bev, this was um, the next thing I was going to interject into the conversation um, because Brother Thomas was uh, he was talking about being able to the technology being able to read ores. Well, they've already named that technology. Uh, you know, they call it bio uh, biogenetics or bioenergetics, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. where you know they're, they're studying the aura, they're studying the link between uh, energy manifesting into living organisms by their own definitions. So. They're understanding that link, and if they're already putting information out and they're trying to teach people about it, uh, again, to be able to uh, make technology, to be able to read it better or control it or what have you, you know, they've already been studying this for decades. So, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're crafty. They're crafty. But they are already decades ahead of us and you know we have to play catch up on, on that field too I don't, I don't believe that i don't believe that i'm not accepting that they are ahead of us how's they ahead of us if they studying us i mean i, well, I mean technologically in our information we are tech we we what happens if we find out that we are the ultimate technology i agree with you and, and, and and we are. The question is, can we relearn? And I do mean relearn. At one time, I believe we had this. This we were, we, we were endowed with this information and these abilities, but we have forgotten how to activate. And to this point, they may have technological resources available to them that kind of hinders. Like, I don't think they can stop us, but they can definitely hinder that. You know, and the way they have our mind cultivated, we got a lot of work to do. But I do agree with you. If we can get back to that, then, you know, we cooking with gas. I mean, it's in our DNA. It's already in our memory bank. They haven't went nowhere. It's in our taste of records. Yeah, we got the – we just got to tap into it. I think what we're doing here is, you know, hopefully waking people up, you know, because once we all wake up and we see our potential, you know, we're going to be a problem. Brother, since you, um, I want to, I'm going to go on a little quick side note here because I was at this, um, I meant to say this a while ago, but I was at this, um, my, my daughter's graduation ceremony. She called me during the show and made me think of it. So she had it at Columbia University. At the, it was a little after gathering at this church called St. John the Devon right there in Harlem. It's the fourth largest church cathedral in the world, right? Beautiful, big, old, gothic, you know, old Romanesque and Roman gothic. I'm looking at the architecture because I'm big into the architecture and stuff like that. Yo, Thomas, but, is uh, that the I'm, one on, my, on Manhattan Avenue? Yeah, sir. Right yeah, there, yeah. Gotcha, so, yeah. So I want you to Google and then go to the images. The pillars pillars at St. John's the Devon. Because when I looked at the pillars, I had to find someone be like, when the church was made? And when was that pillar put there? Because it blew my mind, brother. Pillars at of St. John the Devon Church Cathedral. 
Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you tell me what you see chiseled into the pillow right there. That's a side note. It don't got nothing to do with the, what I'm talking about, but it just made me think of it because you, you, uh, you said you was on Google and you looked that up. Um, the, the last thing uh, I want to add to the depopulation, uh, and we did the show, Bev, on the brain-machine interfaces. You know, we specifically talked about, uh, you know, Facebook has one coming out where you can make gestures and do things um, using it. And um, Elon Musk with his mobile link, and they'll put it on your brain and give you a docking station behind your ear. We did the whole show on that. Um, we did also the show on um, CRISPR, um, the CRISPR technology. Uh, I think uh, last the last show we did, I, I mentioned it, um, how they have the new technology now with CRISPR where they can um, take the baby, the fetus, um, inject in the baby um, using their cellular structure the perfect cell with no deformities and then put that inside of the baby to cut out the bad cells, and now the baby will live for hundreds of years, you know, won't get sick, it will be immune to all these diseases and things like that. Once these two tech and these technologies will be for the rich, once these two technologies are implemented, uh, and you could put a brain-machine interface in a baby, and from the age of three, Let's just say they they already have a, uh, all of, they're on the internet in their brain. You know, you can ask them any question, Google will give them the answer. They'll tell you, hey, that's the answer. They got all the dictionaries. They got all the books. They're they're going to be you know, in, in, as a, in this society as, as part of eugenics. They're going to be um, rendered superior mentally than other people. And once you have those same kids with the genetics where they don't get sick, and they're going to be rendered genetically superior, right, even though we know they aren't. But um, a part of the depopulation will be once these technologies go online, the they're going to say, oh, these other people in society are useless. I think uh, Dr. X would call them uh, the, the process. The pro- she had a name that I think um, Kissinger or one of them used, uh, but um, useless eaters. Use, you useless know, eaters, you, yes. You're pointless. You you can't. You're not as smart as these kids who've had the internet and all the books in the world, and they're like Neo in the Matrix. You know, they 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 just getting uploaded right to their brain since they're three. By the time they're twenty, you know what I'm saying? They're 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 going to be so much smarter than the average 20-year-old. This is how they're going to position their strategy toward the, who should be depopulated. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be um, specifically for people who are not not of the elite class who can't afford this technology would be rendered useless. You know, you have no purpose. And being that you have no purpose, you should be sterilized. You shouldn't be... You know, unless you can, you know what I'm saying? This is the way they're moving forward with this, and that's the scary part, you know. So the CRISPR technology is eugenics. You know, it's coming from the Human Genome Project. It's eugenic genome. Uh, and, and the um, brain-machine interfaces, that's eugenics too. 
You know, it's, it's going to make one group of people, um, it's, a, it's just a way to say that a, one group of people shouldn't be around because they're not as selected as the other group. They're not as smart as the other group. They're not as, you know, look how they live. They're not as civilized as the other group. It's just going to be the new way of them doing that, and it's going to be done through the technology as opposed to just the sciences. Well, Thomas. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's funny you say that, you mentioned that. They put that already out there. They, they, it's it's uh, in a particular anime series called, uh, if anybody know about Mobile Suit Gundam, I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. watched that. That's old school. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Old Mobile Suit Gundam, the L anime, big robots, they fight in space and whatnot. And it's in the future. But the thing about it is they had, they tell the story in, you know, it, it, it's anime. It's from Japan, right? So what they do is they're telling you about a group of humans, part of the subplot, right? There's a group of humans. I forget what they're called, but they are exactly what you just said. They're more advanced. They, like, they, they have that one character who's like, yeah, you know, my brain, I got this computer in my brain, and I'm an extra, I'm not a regular human. I'm that extra human that grew up with a computer in my brain. Like, this is what they've been already got in these anime, straight up. Like, and you're saying that this is really happening. Mm-hmm. Really happening. And check this out, um, Elysium. In a way, it's the movie Elysium, where yeah, yeah. all of the mm-hmm. people they live up on this little. Now, now they took them and put them out of space somewhere, just in the time where they talking about going going out of space and everybody moving to Mars. You know, what if that's the place where you, you all the perfect people go? You know, so they say. You know what I'm saying? But um, get away from all these um, people who can get us sick and stuff. You know, the, the, those regular people who can infect us and you know, they can't, of course, and it's just going to be, this is another reason why it's going to be eugenics, um, this whole thing, because would you, if if I was rich and I could put a computer in my kid's brain and I could make them genetically um, superior as far as they can't get sick and everything else, all the ailments and things, they, they're going to have perfect vision, perfect everything, right? Well, I wouldn't want my kids to be mixing with some old regular person, you know what I'm saying? You can don't mess up the bloodline here, you know? So that you know, the same way with you know can't mix, you know, same way we started, you know, with the whole thing. They can't mix with us. They can't mix with us and exist. These people will not be able to mix with regular people and exist. Because once they mix with someone who's not on that level, you know, all the ailments mm-hmm. that I haven't had repaired in myself. You know, I got bad eyes. I got bad knees. You know, all these things that I got will now be injected into your good stock. You know, that this is where they're going with this. And these people will, you know, do anything to keep that from happening, you know. So uh, rampant depopulation is on the agenda. Um, you, but we've known that for years. I just wanted to give a different spin on it, tell you all about some of these um, diseases that seem to be chemtrail induced. You know, it's not just blocking out the sun like M. Hondisi said. Um, you know, it is blocking the sun out and they, it is um, keeping the planet from heating up to the point where they can stay around, but it also has other nefarious, um, you know, things that it's doing. Um, 
Um, and you know, so that's pretty much what I was gonna say about depopulation. I got a little piece on surveillance. Um, because I just saw that um Amazon has these experience centers and um you know, when I was in Florida, um my mother has like um the Apple iPhone and then she has that Apple Watch. So um her security system in her home when it senses a door open or something, the picture automatically pops on her watch. So she could see, um, you know, if somebody just entered her house or somebody opened the back door and went out on the patio or somebody opens a window. Uh, but specifically the door, the doors, the entrances and exits to the, to the house she has will have a camera there. And she's able to see that pop up on, instantly on her, her phone, on her, her watch. So um, while we were at the hospital with my grandmother, my aunt has a dog, and um, my mother has a. She's um about to remarry, so the the gentleman that um she's remarrying, he was he was generous enough to walk dog sit while we went to the hospital. Her she got the dog the bath. My aunt my aunt went to a shelter, and man blew my man went to the shelter and got a dog that has PTSD. So the dog is Ooh. on Prozac and Xanax. The dog. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, you pay for that for a dog? She was like, yeah. Uh, um, uh, and Robert X said, unbelievable, okay? <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> like, are you serious? You giving a dog Prozac? <laughs> like, I thought that's what Tony Soprano took. You know, like, oh, uh, <laughs> man. But either way... <laughs> Um, so that's that's the level of surveillance. Now, to her, this is great. Oh, look, I can see. So if the guy went to her, I'm saying the guy, I'm trying to be respectful. The gentleman that she's going to marry, he went to walk the dog. And when he went, he opened the slide door, the patio door to walk out back. And she looked up and said to my aunt, oh, he's going to walk the dog now. So she was able to see him when the door opened, the camera clicked on, and she was able to see him walk out the back fence. And I said, man, this is surveillance technology. So she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm trying to explain it to her. And she was kind of getting it, but, you know, she loves it. So what can you say? Mm-hmm. But She's looking at, yeah. You know, she's looking mm-hmm. at the convenience of it and, you know, how, you know, yeah. when I'm looking at it like, I don't know about that, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, and I'm looking at that like, I'm glad I saw that because I don't want to be going out there and doing something I'm not supposed to do and she be looking at me, you know So either way, surveillance. Well, not um, just her. If she can see it, who else can see it? That's what I was telling her, real. Like, I was tell- I even pulled up the articles where all that ring stuff from Amazon ring the police have the ability to look at it through a pilot program without you even knowing. We just did this article like two weeks ago. Like, it, uh, she did. She saw it and she was, oh well. I, guess, I mean, if they catch someone, I guess they needed to be caught. Like it's, it's like okay, you know. I guess you're not seeing it, you know. Um, yeah. Um, but it's reports that there's some 25 million closed circuit surveillance cameras worldwide. In the United Kingdom, 
has 4 million cameras of the 25 million that's worldwide, has more CCTV activity than any other European country per capita. Surprisingly, the Wandsworth Bellow in London is particular, has a CCTV camera, has more CCTV cameras than Boston, Dublin, and Johannesburg, and San Francisco put together. So there's 25 million of these closed-circuit cameras, facial recognition cameras worldwide that's been made. Of the 25 million made, the United Kingdom, England has 4 million of them. In fact, Bev, if you look up the area of England, England has the same amount of area as Michigan. Okay? Okay. Just imagine that. Not the size of the United States. Just the size of Michigan. That's England. That's how big the United States is. But either way, they have more... This little city, um, and I looked up the population, it had about 350,000 people, which is a relatively small, in the United States, it would be considered a mid-sized city, about the size of North New Jersey, you know what I'm saying, you know, Cleveland, you know what I'm saying, it's not a big city, so it has more cameras than Boston, Dublin, Johannesburg, and San Francisco all added up, just one city, you know. So Wandsworth is a borough in the UK. It's about 13.23 square miles large, has a population of 330,000 people. It's estimated there's 500,000 cameras dotted around England. Okay, so England is just one little, I think, little square mile city. It's it's, it's super small, smaller than Washington, D.C. I mean, the average person living in London will be recorded on camera 300 times a day. The statistics obtained by court on camera and Comparatech differ remarkably from those in the Bloomberg story, which was retailed throughout the Western world by many news outlets, who was increasingly referred to the West as the free world. Comparatech records that as, a, as of August 2019, Moscow with a population of 12.4 million people, had only 146,000 cameras. So imagine that. This one little city in England got more, four or five times more cameras than Moscow, which has 4 million more people than New York. You know what I'm saying? Uh, London's 9 million citizens were being watched by 627,000 707 cameras, the picture is slightly slanted. To put it in another way, London has 68 cameras for each 1,000 people. The ratio elsewhere is enlightening. Okay, so outside of London, the only place that compares is China with um, Shanghai with 113 cameras. Beijing has 110 cameras, and Gaozhou has 108 cameras. But once you get to the United States, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, or the Rio, only has 15 of these cameras. You understand? Like, just 15 in Atlanta, Georgia, and they have that many in this little city in England? You know, 15, 15 cameras per 1,000 people. 
My bad. 15 cameras for 1,000 people. Chicago has 13 for 1,000. Baghdad, Sydney, and Dubai have 12 for 1,000 people. And um, Berlin has 11 for 1,000 people. Washington, D.C. has 5 for 1,000 people. And this one little, uh, and, and in London, they have 68 cameras for every 1,000 people just to show how surveilled they are in London. Um, which they I thought was pretty interesting. Man, they loving it. I mean, they asking for it. You know, you got to watch all these uh, Africans and Arabs that came in here. You know, um, this article, um, New Home, Amazon Experience Centers are really Amazon's home surveillance centers. Okay. Um, in fact, I have another one on the same topic. Amazon opens showrooms and model homes to demo sell smart home products. Okay. Last week, you reported how Amazon was leveraging a new relationship with home builder Leonard to expand its smart home business, specifically in sale of home security services. Today, Amazon is taking the next step forward in its strategy, is launching a new chain of showrooms and calling them Amazon Experience Centers across linear model homes to demo its um, helping its smart devices, Amazon dash buttons, and other electronics will all be run by um, Amazon Echo. Okay, so um, right now they have over 6,000 of these homes around the country. Um, They have them in Atlanta, Dallas, Los Angeles, Miami, Orlando, San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. And these are these Amazon smart homes. Okay? For those who missed the good old days when the government spies on you using bugs in your home and gives you I give you Amazon experience sensors. New homes pre-equipped with mind-boggling arrays of listening devices. Amazon experience systems um, centers tagline, try smart home devices in person to see how in person to see how Amazon can simplify your everyday. It's less about simplification and more about surveillance. Leonard Homes have pre-installed Amazon smart devices in at least 45,000 homes this year. Okay? In good old days where Cold War espionage spies relied on putting listening devices and things like phones and lamps, no need for that anymore with these linear homes. Small homes Surveillance devices know when you drive or walk up to your house, when you open your garage door, open your front door, turn on your lights. They know how you use your thermostat, when you turn on your HVAC rinse, when you open your refrigerator and close it, when you make coffee. They know when you use your oven. They know what you're cooking. Because they have cameras in the, they know what you bought and put in your refrigerator too. It's cameras in the refrigerator, Samsung. They know what you put in your toaster. They know your microwave oven. This is all going to be smart in these houses. And of course, you can find now they got smart microwave ovens, smart toasters, you know. Like, (laughs) I'm going to go take something out the refrigerator, put it in the microwave, close the door, then pull out my phone (laughs) to put one minute. Like, it's the stupidest thing ever, but. You got the smart grill. They know what you're grilling. They know what you when you use your crock pot, your blender, your salt shaker. 
They know what you plug your what devices you're plugging into their smartphone plug. They know when you turn on your faucet, when you flush your toilet, how you uh, when you take a bath or take a shower, how long you brush your teeth, how long you brush your hair. All these things are smart. They got smart brushes now, just to let everyone know. Smart brushes. Um, they know when you trim your beard. I was looking at a smart trimmer. Um, they know has a light on it. It lights up the area you're going to trim. It puts a laser line where you want to make the line at. Um, they know what you do with your laundry. They know when you use your vacuum, when you open and close your blinds, when your water sprinklers are on. They know when your kids are riding their bicycles or scooters because those are smart too. Um, city bikes, smart bikes. Okay, they know all the conversations taking one in your house, you know, because she's always on Alexa. They know well, what your kids are watching with it on the Internet. They know what you're watching on TV. They know what music you listen to. They know what, from the pictures that you post online, they can identify your pet. All this is going to be done through these smart homes called Amazon Experience Centers. You can go pop up there and look into buying these smart homes. And, of course, you can choose what you want smart and what you don't want smart in the home. Um, everything doesn't have to be smart. So um, you talk about surveillance now, um, and then we talk about depopulation. I mean, we're giving up a lot of information to people who might want to depopulate us. In fact, I mean, they don't have to do too much more than um, put the – Popeye's chicken sandwich in certain areas to depopulate the population. I've, I've um, I saw a video where they said thirty. It has forty ingredients in the Popeye's chicken sandwich, and thirty-three of them were man-made. Uh, only seven ingredients were natural. So, um, you know, and a lot of people posting pictures of cut. They cut it in half, and it's not even done in the middle. The chicken is too big. Yes, sir. Yeah, just uh, this other day I was down at um, had a pretty nice event. Um, Brother King Simon did an event with um, KT the Archer Green Red Pill Blue Pill. You know, a whole bunch of cats came out. Um, okay. KT dropped, you know, some some science on that. Um, he he put up basically the ingredients that are in. Uh, Popeye's chicken, and it was—I I couldn't even read it all. It was—it it was just crazy. Uh, some of the things that they had in there were uh, yellow number five. Um, you know, a whole bunch of artificial coloring and, and just some bunch of crazy stuff that didn't even belong in there. Yeah, and then on top of that, at the end, they put like turmeric, turmeric. <laughs> you know, after the yellow number five or something like that. But uh, yeah, that, that that Popeye chicken is crazy. It made me wonder: the chicken is the same color as the logo. If you look at, if you go into Popeye, you see how the chicken matches the whole scene, mm-hmm. color scheme. Mhm. Mhm. You know. Yeah, it does. You know. Oh, well, I'm gonna tell you this, man. I went and I I, I got one. This is why I did the research on it, right? Because back when it was first went on sale, like I said before, that it was on, it was out way before it became popular. And I bought it, and I thought it was an excellent chicken sandwich. You know, I thought it was good. You know, but then the other day I was walking down, and I wasn't I didn't feel like cooking, and you know, 
I said, man, you know, wife is working late tonight. Let me go grab us a couple of chicken sandwiches for you know. So I went and got them. And it didn't taste nothing like it did before, you know. So disappointed by it. Then the next day, that's when I saw all those ingredients, and I was, like, ready just to put my a spoon in my mouth and throw it up, you know, like, oh. You know, that, you know, but I would say that the chicken, the piece of chicken is so big that they put on it. It's like, but it's not, it's not hard. It's like they injected it with something that made a, a small piece of chicken blow up to be a huge size. You get what I'm saying? Like a Franken chicken yeah. or something, man. Well, that's like BBQ's chicken, man. I, I went to a while, while back. Mean? The wings, yeah, dum 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 uh dum dum Hennessy wings, man. Yeah, those the wings are so damn big that when you rip, you know, when you rip apart the wings, you got that other piece, and then the drumette, the drum, you know, that mm-hmm. drumette is was the size of an actual leg. Yeah, yeah, that was. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm eating a wing, but when I pull the wing apart, that drumette part was just. I'm looking at it and like, I feel like. This is the exact size of an actual chicken leg. Not the wing, chicken leg. I know, I know what you're talking about. They do have some big pieces of chicken. This is crazy. I couldn't eat I couldn't eat after that. I'm like, how big is the chicken got to be if the wing is as big as the leg? That ain't right. Yeah, but after a couple BBQ drinks, man, you ain't really thinking about the food too much. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I totally get what you're saying, brother. Those Hennessy wings, those sticky wings they got, yeah, they, uh, they, I, I think um, me and my wife said that one time when we went there because we got it as an appetizer. You know, it's, I think it's like $10 for five wings or whatever as an appetizer. And it was like, man, look at the size of these wings. I think she even took a picture of it and posted it on whatever social media she does. But, yeah, bro, but don't talk bad about BBQs like that, man. Don't don't hurt my heart, man. That's my goal. Hey, man, I, I still love their cornbread and their drinks. That's all I can mess with. <laughs> the drinks are phenomenal. Yes, sir. Dad, you come to New York, I'm going to take you to a BBQs. And it'll change your life. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> you do you, what did you say? I'm sorry. Huh? I said, if you come to New York, I'll take you to a BBQs. I'll buy you a drink. It'll change your life. You know what I'm saying? I'll be on the train sweating. It, it's a it's a chain of um, restaurants in New York City. Exactly um, what the name says. A, beef, a barbecue joint. That's yeah. Barbecue. They got oh, different, like Houston oh, yeah. BBQs, Dallas BBQs, but it's a sit-down spot. You know, you could take out, too, but it's a, it's a restaurant restaurant. You know, they're going to serve you. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna they're gonna add a tip and the gratuity and everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's the barbecue like, good. It's not Everybody the best food, the but the, yeah. By the time you have a few sips of the drink, you ain't thinking about the food. Uh, it's, that's the type of okay. spot it is. It's like it's that okay. type of, the drink is huge. Like you get a king size drink. It's like a fishbowl. Like you drinking. You you. They got the shot oh. in the um. They put a test yeah, tube glass. Texas the, size. Yeah, they put the test tube with the shots in it. And you just pour it in, or you can take oh, the yeah. shot out the test yeah. tube and drink the drink too. But okay. yeah, get a Hennessy okay. colada, but, you're good to go. So they have strong drinks. Yeah, but it's not so much strong. They good. They like 
you 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 it tastes so good you just drinking yourself drunk. You like, oh man, it's like <laughs> <laughs> and you stumble it back to the tray. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Sweating like, damn, how did I get this drunk? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those type of places, but it's good. You know, I like okay. food too. I'm not gonna lie. I like the um, I like the the honey barbecue chicken. You know that that's my that's my joint there. You know, and then, but he doesn't say yeah, the wings are phenomenally sized. So they like, wow, how did they? What type of are these turkey wings? Like, yeah, they're super big. You know, um, Google, oh brother, did oh, did you did you look up that um cathedral, the pillar? Man, dude. yeah, I looked man. at it. That, I, I looked at the wait, 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 what, what this? What was it? The tree? Did y'all? See yeah, I looked it up tower? too. <laughs> From the yeah, 1800s? The, the destruction. Nah, 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 nah. But it this, says nineteen nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. That that there with the destruction of the twin tower that happened two thousand one, but. I was like, Listen. yo. Then they got the Brooklyn Bridge with the cars falling off it. So I, 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 I found Bridge. a spike. Huh? I was just asking. Well, is that that the bridge? Is that what that was? That's what the that's what the caption said. I I was trying to figure out what it was too, but then when I looked at it, it said Brooklyn Bridge. I said, yeah, look at the bus falling off of it. And yo, Thomas. I was I, I I so searching everything. I found this website of I got this. I'm looking. I've been scrolling on this for a while now, man. It's a 71 page document PDF that breaks all of that down. You breaking it, you breaking down pillar by pillar and what the scenes. And this this shit is heavy. I'm gotta send it to you. Yeah, yeah, this shit is heavy. It's more going on, and it, it's a lot. Well, we can look at it. Oh, I'm saying yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so the website is remnantradio.org. Um, R E M N A N T R A D I O. Remnantradio.org slash archives. Um, yeah. And it says okay. the St. John the Divine Cathedral Demonic Prophecy is what the uh, document is called, 71 page. And um, it is heavy. This is wild. Now, though. when was this? When was this cathedral? When was all these pillars? When was they put up? Well, when you go um, in the cathedral, you can see some of them are. Some of them are old and some of them are newer. You know, you could tell by the marble oh. like hey, that's new. So the ones we was talking about with the World Trade Center, the one that is um, in 1997, yeah, they put that yeah. there. Yeah. But they got some what? old ones with some demonic-looking stuff on it. When I was in there, and I'm looking like, yo, look at this. But they so old, they like yellow and brown. Like you can mm-hmm. tell like Bus got on it and age and because it was built in like 1872 or something like that but blew my mind because that's before 9-11 you know 1997 before 2001 so but see we also know that 9-11 we also know 9-11 I mean that was done that was planned yeah 
So mm-hmm. I could see that. I would be interested in, in the ones that was did back in the 1800s. They got one with this, it looked like a black baby coming out of a vagina. Dog, I'm looking at the exact same one. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, one. so they, they call that the Antichrist being manufactured. There you go, brother. See, and I, I was looking at the black baby, and I'm like, yo, that looks like a vagina to me now. You know, I, I, thought, it like, I thought it looked like I thought it looked like a plant. Yeah, Instead okay. Of so I was just about to say it looks they, they call okay, I'm, I'm gonna read you the caption. It says the scene depicting a birth from the lily flower and two mummies and below a lamb with its leg tied. The baby has strange markings on its head. Possibly star child. So when you look at this picture, when you look at this uh, column, you got the baby, you got the, the the flower. But do you notice that the hands on the side are pulling the lily apart? So they're showing you that it's the manipulation of the it's man-made baby. You got two mummies underneath on each side of the baby, two wrapped mummies, and then you got a lamb with his legs tied like underneath the belly. So you know the lamb that you're dealing with. Genetic manipulation, you know that's that that's that uh I don't know Lucy or whatever that lamb name with Dolly, you know this is crazy man. So basically they're talking about genetically manipulating the Antichrist and a lot of these the information on these pillars was just straight sick. Yeah, the pillars was crazy, bro. They ain't even in the, in the article. I mean, they got hundreds of pillars in that church with stuff on it. It's like wow. Okay, here's another one. Man delivers baby from woman's egg and sell DNA dead men. Notice the man's body from which the baby is birthed is not human. It's puppet-like Pinocchio wants to be lying upon a dead woman's eggs and other material. Other words, friends, Satan's promise. Okay, I don't know what it's saying, but it, it, this is Crazy. Is that from the 18 or just the the 90? It doesn't say what year this. Okay, they claim not to. Yeah, it doesn't say what year this column was created. It looks. It doesn't look that old, but I don't know. It don't matter who when it was created. It just they created it and put it there, and this is sickness that they're communicating. Like this is some. They're telling us something which also falls, if you know about the uh, Denver airport, the mural in Denver airport, it's kind of like along those lines. If y'all don't know about that, y'all got to look that up. Oh, yeah, you see the, the Nazi sign. Oh, it, no, yeah. it's more. They're it, it, they showing you just straight got the Kimmich stuff destruction. There. It's going to be mass world just population destruction and a whole bunch of other stuff. Basically, they're laying out their plan. That's what these things are. They, they, they're visual communicating, visually communicating their destructive demonic plan. You gotta be in the know. But yeah, the um, the Catholic Church, as we know, you know a lot of power. The um, the the pillars up in that big church on um, of course from Rockefeller Center. You know what I'm talking about? The big white it's church. Big, yeah, fifth half. Yeah. But now I'm like, yo, check who did this? Like, yo, it's crazy, but but you crazy ever, metaphysics, crazy but you metaphysics. ever notice how how these cathedrals are 
always in financial districts. You got how, how who put cathedrals in the middle of Manhattan, like all over Manhattan. You got the big financial companies. You got these big skyscrapers, but in the middle of the skyscrapers, you got these big cathedrals. Hundred thirty-three church Catholic churches below Hundred Tenth Street. Hundred thirty-three. So that's Lower Manhattan, up the Upper West Side, up the East Side, down in the finance. Like even the Citibank Building got a big church right under that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But they, if you think about it, the Catholic Church owns the most prime real estate in the city. Because those churches, if you could put a building on it, how much is that land worth? You know, you know how much that land is worth. Those little churches is on next to them mm-hmm. big buildings, man. Like. Filthy rich man, that they got so much money yeah. in land, like real estate. It, it's crazy, you know. Like that stuff there, they or what? Like um, even the church that the St. Pete right there on Fifth Avenue and Fifty what Fifty Second Street, two two three three blocks away from Trump Tower across the street from Rockefeller. Yeah. You know how much money that man land is worth. Which is why they, I'm, I always got to say, why do they put these, these cathedrals? Are they, well, are they laundering the money? They, they, they're the washers. That's where all the money is ended up. Somehow, I don't know. It got to be a purpose. Why these big fancy cathedrals are in the middle of, you know, money making Manhattan? Well, well we are already had this. We already discussed that the mafia, you know, laundry their money through the Catholic Church. But then, who owns the United um, States? Is 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 the the Catholic the Church, the Pope, England, and, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and England and and Swiss, they own. So and the crown. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the Queen. That's why. So, well, the, the English. What they did was they just came out with an English version of the Bible and said, we're going to do our own thing, you know, and King James Version went around the world with that. The Catholics went around with that Latin version. They just took over. But every financial place you go, you're going to find the Catholic churches. You're right. San Francisco, L.A., (laughs) no matter where you go, Chicago, for real, they got up in Chicago. I mean, yeah. But if you just look at how they do things, they showing you, you know, they 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 just do it the way they want to do it and they just do it. They make up their rules, they do it that and I mean and we wanna follow the rules instead of making up our own rules. That's what yeah. leaders do. You're absolutely right. And the catch to the, the Catholics is the Catholics replaced Christianity. It was Christian. It was the Christian Church, and then it was the um, um, which was ran by the, the emperor of the Byzantine Byzantine Empire. He was known as the Patriarch of Constantinople. He was the head of the Christian Church, and then the, they had a war, and the Catholic Pope, you know, took over after that. So he created. Catholicism, that's not Christianity. The people who protested against them is also practicing Catholicism. So a Baptist is nothing but a, a protesting Catholic. You know, a Presbyterian is nothing but a protesting Catholic. You know, but if you try to tell a 
black person who's Baptist that, yo, your books and every all your things come from the canons of the Catholic Church. They'll fight you. <laughs> like, are you scared? Look it up. You know, I got the same books in your Bible they got in theirs. They, who you think commissioned that? You know, but they'll fight you tooth and nail over this, huh? The curse. The God, the ghost hell, you know? Exactly. Well, we got like 10 minutes before the blog talk lady come in and cut us off. All right, well, I just had this one very last part. Um, Google has its eye on health and banking data. Project Nightingale and Project Cachet. Okay. Um, there's been a serious backlash against Google for hoarding for hoarding health data of 50 million Americans through Project Nightingale. The once social media giants is now shifting focus to a, from search engines and video game platforms to health. Okay, Google is part is partnered with second leading healthcare provider in the United States, Ascension. But it has personal health information of millions of Americans across 21 states. The data acquired includes names, dates of birth, lab results, doctor diagnosis, hospitalization records, upon millions and millions of people. Okay, um, through this um, project Nightingale, Google is um, essentially has everyone's health data. Um, and if you recall, Google was previously, uh, um, in 2013, found guilty of violating people's privacy during the Street View mapping project when it um, was able to snoop on people using that Street View. Also, um, in 2000, I think it was like 15, they paid $170 million because they were illegally obtaining children's data on YouTube um, children as young as five, six years old, I'm targeting them with ads. Um, so they just bought Fitbit to show that they're getting into the health business, and they have the cloud um, with millions upon millions of people's health records um, that they can now use to target them. Then they have Project Cache. Um, although little is known about the project, at the same time, another wing of Google is exploring banking solutions, partnered with various banks and credit unions to offer smart checking accounts through Google Pay. So um, as a reminder for readers, Google was involved in the U.S. government and the Chinese government with two separate projects, with one where the company used AI to help the military called Project Maven. The other was called Project Dragonfly, which is China's internet. You know, they say, oh, Google's banned in China. They created this dragonfly, and that's China's internet. Just to let everyone know, that China is running their internet on Google. It's called dragonfly. Either way, this um, this project cache um, will have Google essentially knowing everything you buy, everything you purchase with your credit card or, or your debit card or whatever, um, because you'll be getting it through Google, through the Citigroup, and um, the standard, earlier I told you um, Google was teamed up with Citigroup, and this is the project that they're working on. Um, it's called Project Cache. 
Um, and um, similar, I believe, is going to be to the Facebook Libra. This might even be a cryptocurrency. We're going to get more information on this coming out. But these are their two top secret surveillance projects. One will be knowing your health records. The other one will be knowing your bank account. Um, that's the last thing I had to say on Bev. I know we got a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. Everyone, please donate to Dr. X. His mother passed away. He's been giving us good information for over a decade on truth to power, uh, laying down the political system, laying down the metaphysics, showing us um, all types of things, expanding our mindset and our, our ability to showing us how to research you know, with his great research. And so please donate to Robert X on GoFundMe. Uh, Bev, you could, can you get them the uh, information on that? And I'll mute my line. Thank you, Bev. Okay. Okay, peace, peace and love. Robert is Robert McGray, M-C-C-R-A-Y. Uh, go to GoFundMe and type in his name, and then you can uh, send a donation so we can help him during this time. Let him know that the Truth of Power family and others, we appreciate what he has done uh, through the years So we know how Dr. Robert X is He's not going to ask for anything And it's up to us to step up to the plate So um, I appreciate You joining us tonight And we don't know when Dr. X Will be back Once he get his mother you know, Taken care of Then uh, he'll come back So we need to give him the support That he needs now and I just want to uh, thank for everybody you, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the information that you... Curated by Kohl's latest collection is now available in select stores and at Kohl's.com. For a limited time, shop unexpected new favorites like reusable drinkware from Corksicle and fun arts and crafts from UB. Warmies heatable plush toys are perfect for little ones. Homesick handcrafted candles are a great gift to make anyone feel at home. And who doesn't love sweet treats from Candy Club? Shop curated by Kohl's for these digital need-to-know brands and more. Tap the banner now or visit Kohl's.com. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.